Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the best book club that you bug us all the time about. It must be the best. It must be the best because I've gotten 80 billion messages. Yeah, based on that kind of stuff, people people like it. People like this book club. Yeah, uh, people think I get annoyed with you. I don't. I uh, I realize it means you're very excited to hear our thoughts, and I'm thank you. I'm excited to share them with you. Star Wars New Canon Book Club. I'm here with Alex. I'm here with Davis. I like you guys too. And we are going to talk about. Are we in that talking point about of our like? Oh, okay. No, you're good. I generally like the fans too. I dig them. I think they're pretty. They're pretty rad. Yeah, we're cool. You guys are okay by me, cowboy. Pilgrim. Oh, cowboy. Compadre. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to try and cover the last two episodes of Mandalorian this time because uh, we couldn't get in time to record after the big, I'm going to say the biggest episode of the season. Two very big episodes. In yeah, a row. another huge episode happened. Yeah, I, I, pretty crazy. So what we're going to do is because everyone is always like, you guys save the things you love for the very end. Because the things we are like, oh, we want to talk about are usually things that we want to get out of the way in the beginning. But this time I want to I want to start with things in these two episodes that we truly enjoyed. And I guess we should like kind of break this episode up into the Ahsoka episode and then the Spoiler. next episode. The Jedi <laughs> and the tragedy. Yeah. The Jedi and the tragedy. Interesting that it's called the tragedy, but I, you know, I get it now. Makes sense. Yeah. Some would argue that that could be a title for the whole show, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to spoil this for you. Not only did I not like these episodes, these episodes, I think, are some of the worst episodes of the show. I want to, like, take you to a police station and play back to you what you said you wanted from the show. As a person that, like, just wants something that, on one end, respects, like, the lore of the, like, you know, the universe, the characters and their struggles, and then also, like, the intelligence of the average viewer, though based on everyone's reaction, I guess they're, are, they're accurate in, on the intelligence of the average viewer. And then also separately, tell, like, a decent, well-made story on its own merits aside from Star Wars. I'm anxious to hear how you think any of those things are met by this episode or the next episode. <laughs> the craziest thing about it is I have no idea, like, what he's going to say. That's that's exactly I'm the same. I'm, I just want to really quickly just let everyone know the background of this episode and everything we do. We have a, a text chat that we talk to, you know, usually during, you know, when an episode comes out. We try and keep it all like we try not to do the show. Yeah. Yeah. We try not to talk about the show at all. And so this is Friday night. I'm sorry. Unprovoked. I, I have to actually have to apologize. I, I came in like this is me just <laughs> hot off the presses. Um. I was yelling at the TV. I like. I just. I just. All, all semblance of I me trying even, to keep it cool. When he was like, "I'm just a simple man trying to make his way in his galaxy," like my father before me. I yelled, "Fuck you!" to the TV for what is one of the. It actually tops maybe all of easily the sand line for. I think it's now the worst line in Star Wars. I, I like the most like offensive to uh, anyone's decent sensibilities. All right, all right, all right, all right. We need to. I just need to get this out. I thought here the funny thing was I've been like shouting about this for like the last couple of days. I thought I was going to be too tuckered out, but I'm already fired up about this goddamn. No, I knew you were going to be hype of like to just rant. So I just want to like out of nowhere. This is. I think you probably saw this, Alex. It just cracked me up, and I have to say this to everyone. Davis messages out of nowhere, and it's like this show is. Is absolute garbage. And I responded, what show? Yeah. And, yeah. and he was, he's like, I swear, he's like, I swear they taped a four-year-old play with Star Wars toys and made it into a very expensive show. And I was like, 
I thought it was super fun. I was, I was ready. Like, I was ready to come to the table because I walked away from it thinking, oh, well, finally, we got to a place where we can both be happy. I Yes, I watched these episodes. These two episodes. After the Jedi, that's where I was at. I was like, I can't wait to talk to Davis because this is finally, they're nailing it. I'm so excited. And for Davis, when you were like, the show's garbage, I was like, what is happening right now? I was so, I'm still confused. I'm so anxious to hear how you nailed it because I, I think that like the Jedi is the most suicide squatty episode. And I mean that it's a broken piece of content that was pushed out on a deadline with some of the biggest, weirdest leaps in logic or just none at all that I've ever seen in, in this show. I don't wait, even what the mind, wait, the mind, wait, what the mind reels real quick. Let's here's, here's what I enjoyed about let's it. Let's go. Wait, can we focus on good things? First? Yeah. Here's what I enjoyed about it. <laughs> I feel like we've been walking a line with season two for a while, especially like our journey, like in these talks of like style versus like plot for, or substance, not, not necessarily substance, because I feel like in my, at least in my playbook, right? Like I feel like style sometimes making like a statement about something and doing it well and like rounding it well and just visualizing it well to me, like I'm, I'll, I will, I'm just as satisfied watching that as something that's like, about a deep and complicated story. You know what I mean? I think I feel like simpler stories can be made more entertaining with context and especially in pulpy genres, right? And I feel like there were a couple episodes that I was really happy with at the beginning of the season that were very much just like, you know, sort of mapping the Star Wars universe onto a Western and just doing it straight. You know what I mean? For the most part. There's a little a couple little details to tie it into the to the to the series as a whole, but in general, you could pretty much just watch those two episodes independent of the rest of the show. And you pretty much absorbed the experience. And then we had a couple other episodes, the Bo-Katan one and the ones in that little zone that were very like, to me, a little bit too plot heavy, distracty, where a lot of what's happening and what is dramatic about what's happening is just like, I need to know it already rather than it being there on the on the on the screen for me like i feel like where we got into it just a little bit last time but i was saying you know bo-katan's episode like if you don't know who bo-katan is right i was trying it, to not imagine, as impactful yeah. yeah yeah i was trying to just imagine like oh this is like somebody's finding this as just like more mandalorians that are more more like pirate ish a little bit more swashbuckling and for me if we just go by that i don't think that one like filled out its world enough to be a fun standalone story right but i think with the jedi we got to a place where i feel like ahsoka first of all it's it's easy because she kind of is like, even if you don't know the sort of like ins and outs of her story and like why she left the Jedi Order and all that stuff, I feel like that's secondary. Like you might, you just, you, you probably as a Star Wars fan have at least like grokked Ahsoka now. You know what I mean? You're sorry, like, what was that? Grokked Ahsoka? Yeah, just like you've like added her to your lexicon of Star Wars things. You're, you Is that a word? Grokked? Yeah. Grok. What? Ahsoka. Yeah, people say it. Grok Ahsoka. Uh, no, it just means it just. I don't know if it's actually a word. Did you but make it, up a word? No, grok. No, yeah, it's when uh, Ahsoka comes along, you must grok it. I don't understand you what you're not getting out of this, Jesse. <laughs> Into you're <shape>. right. <laughs> I've actually only I've heard grok before, but it's literally only from it's like his snooch. Like it, like it's a it's a Alex. No, Fossiano. it's a real okay. word. Snooch makes sense though. Snooch even has like the sound of like snooch. I snooched a thing. Hop into Google, type G-R-O-K for me. Just type it in. Tell me what happens. G-R-O-K. I'm doing it right now. Huh. Grok. Insane. Understand something intuitively wow. or by empathy. This is a real word? 
I used it perfect. I can't believe how perfectly I used it. Here's the thing, but it was coined by a 1961 science fiction writer. So like, Who? you know. Who is Alex Fossiani? Because you're an ageless wizard. When I was in a love affair with Gene Roddenberry and his wife in the 60s. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying. Let me Grok. Like, yeah. I, it's okay. I, that's more important than anything we've said so we far. Grok Ahsoka. Grok. We grok Ahsoka as a fan base. At least we understand that Ahsoka is something, right? Like, you haven't seen Star Wars. You probably at least are, like, aware that Darth Vader exists, right? And I feel like if you... You're saying that if you're, like, engaged with Star Wars, you know who Ahsoka is. Because I watched this episode... Yeah. ...with... Like my family, and they did not know, they have no idea who Ahsoka was. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, if you're in there. They just thought, who is this cool Jedi? If you're, yeah, and that's exactly what I'm getting at, right? Like, I feel like on the one hand, it reached people because she's such an exotic looking alien compared to what you imagine a Jedi is if you're not somebody who knows who Ahsoka is. And she has this awesome, like, they really did her lightsabers a good service they made them very anime in real life they have a very unique sound and they look really cool you know what i mean like they really like made her look cool and mysterious and fresh they did give them like original trilogy yeah like vader uh saber vibes because of the way they like sort of like i don't know what the word is twinged like they like they they, they had like imperfections in the way they looked like how they used to look before just yeah you, know, you it, just do that after effect it was very much like the effect of of watching a show with all broadswords and somebody drawing a katana, which I think is the exact vibe that they were going for. And I think they nailed that. And I think that because of that and because of the like weird like Sith priestess person with the spear and like giving them something to do that was like very like mythic and epic. I feel like we sort of reached a sort of like really good. She's not a Sith priestess. No, but no, but she wasn't exactly a Sith priestess, but like for the layman, you had like a bad person with a sick weapon and a cool Jedi who had the answers and could like speak to Baby Yoda. I feel like it was a much more satisfying sort of like uh sort of pulpifying of that plot. I feel like they really did a good job of like making it fit the vibe of our like sort of crazy space western that we were in especially for chapter 13 i think that was true and then i think with chapter 14 i definitely feel like i benefit from having been a 13 year old at the exact right time for like a lot of like what's working for me in this episode about sort of like the meta textualness of boba fett sort of proving who he is and why he's cool which i thought was like a neat thing to make an episode about like outside of the plot of the show you know, I thought that was like a cool like way to deal with Boba Fett. Um, but by the end of the episode, you know. Is that who that was? Yeah. It, <laughs> well, by the end of that episode, like we're in a position where the few things that we do care about in this story that are like actual through lines for everybody, not just like Star Wars universe fans, but like people who are watching just The Mandalorian, we're finally in a point where like the things that we care about are in danger in a really serious way. And it's exciting because all I'm imagining, and he even like hints at it in this in this episode, is that he's going to make like the Wild Bunch, basically, and like go in there and like we're probably going to get Cobb Vanth back and we're probably going to get, you know, maybe the Frog Lady if we're lucky. Yeah, he's even, he even did the research on uh, the duty locked up from the first season. Yeah, Bill Burr. Bill Burr's character. The, the, the thing about this that I the reason why I like these just to make it as simple as can be the first two episodes even the first three technically uh, if you listen to everything we said I was just like I wish this story was going someplace it feels like nothing's moving forward we are very slowly moving and then the last couple episodes like things happened things were revealed st like everything that I wanted happened and I'm like really overjoyed 
And not only that, it connects a lot of the stuff that didn't seem that important earlier in the season to the action at hand, which I yes, thought, which, absolutely. which I thought like the fact that Boba Fett's armor is in the ship, it's like, oh, it brings him here. It's like, maybe we, you know, you know, we connect Boba Fett to Mando through that string. I mean, that's, that wasn't a surprise. They showed that at the end of the first episode. Well, I'm just saying like, Last time we saw Boba Fett, right? It was like a season ago, right? I, I, it, it could have been, it could have been ten. It was the episode. He was watching, just watching the ship take off. Uh, before that, like he was just the mysterious presence that. Yeah, it could have been a thing they strung along for six seasons, but instead they were like, "Here they go." Yeah, obviously they were going to get to it eventually, but the thing that there that was confirmed for me that I was feeling good about was that they're like, "Oh no, no, no!" Like this is a full like like the season is a season. The things that we gave you, we gave you for a reason, and these are the pieces on the board for our little story that we're going to get to. And I feel like we're going to get a very similar next two episodes to last season where it's just probably these last three kind of are going to feel like a movie. What is great about things that I love that happened is everything we talked about, especially on the show that we were like, well, that's kind of disappointing. I wish, for example, we got more of the badass sniper from season one when she was killed. Fennec, air quotes. Yeah. We literally had a conversation of being like, she's not Man, sucks that uh, sucks that she died and they brought her back. And it's like, you know what? Cool. I'm like, I can't wait to see where this goes. And we knew they were going to when like mysterious desert stranger ap sure. appears at her at her corpse like one second after she dies. I thought that was more just a tease of, oh, somebody's following them that I think we guessed was Boba Fett anyways. Dude, but we were definitely talking about Boba Fett at the time. You know what I mean? Oh, at yeah, the time, yeah. None of us was like, well, this dead person that's been laying out here for now, now that we've seen it a whole day. She's going to come back. No, that, no one said that. It was like, man, what a what a waste of like a compelling character. But they brought her back. You're saying that we like guessed that they were going to bring her back. No, we did not guess that. We just guessed that it was Boba Fett there. And we were I'm right. just I'm just saying like it wasn't just we were like, disappointed. It, it wasn't just like Horatio Sands random pull. And, but but again, did they bring her back? That's a question what, to think did about. Did they bring her back? So, sorry, sorry, I'm hinting at I'm hinting at because because every every character that's come back or like Boba Fett is not the character that, that they are before. They have the names this, and this are played by the actors of some of the people, but they're not the same characters. Yeah, dude, this is yes, they are though, dude. If like you died and then we like put a literally like a different brain in you and reanimated your corpse and you didn't act or sound or or do any of the things that you have done before. You mean every horror movie about this subject ever? Yes. Would you would you consider that bringing you back? Do we need to talk about like tone for a second? Do we need to have like a little discussion about tone? Because let me tell you how I feel about tone. Like if you're reading a comic book about Batgirl and that comic book is about Batgirl in high school, it's going to be like Archie comics, lots of bright colors, cutesy tootsies, Batgirls like dating boys, getting texts, drinking milkshakes. But if you read Batman Eternal, where people are fucking murdering people in the subways and people are fucking eating each other's faces off or whatever the hell the Joker and the Scarecrow are making people do. Batgirl suddenly, like, you know, breaks somebody's nose with her fist, doesn't give a shit. It's not the same character. I wish that it was just an issue of tone because then I feel like that could be forgivable, but it's just, they're just not the same people. That's not Boba Fett. Literally, Boba Fett is exactly, literally the same Boba person. Fett that you, like, see in the original trilogy is, like, not the same Boba Fett that you see as a weird, shitty child, and it's not the same as the guy that you see now. There's three people in the entire original trilogy that Vader, like, respects. That's Tarkin, that's Darth Vader, and that's fucking Boba Fett. 
Everybody else he like chokes out or cuts off their hands or tortures if he's their kids. Boba Fett is a like villain number one. And now he's like an honorable guy randomly that is just going to like sign up. We don't up. know that he's honorable. Oh, oh, but he is. I mean, he says it in this thing, like that he's going to like owe a debt to them. Oh, remember, remember May? I, I forgot what her, her name is in this, but the assassin that was like the cutthroat evil assassin. Apparently now she's also like an honorable person that's going to like. Well, in Star Wars, when somebody brings you back to life. Uh, no, you... when, when somebody acts completely differently than how they ever been, it's called bad. It's called bad writing. That's actually what that's called. This isn't like a new version. This isn't like, all right, it we're doing is. like an Elseworlds. It, it 100% is. It's like Logan, dude. It's Logan, bro. It is. Like, he's got scars on his face. The man that was in the other movies is not the man in this. Full stop. That's just the end of it. So you, so like, if they treat it like it's a different universe and you can be like, yeah, this is like the, you know, the detective comics show and, and the original trilogy like is Batman. I looking at what the show is saying and you're like telling the show back, like, no, it's not that. I'm looking at what the show is saying. And then I'm also looking at what, you know, Disney has said about Star Wars and the canon going forward. And then I'm also saying back to them as an adult who has consumed all this and also just, you know, knows like if something makes sense or if something doesn't make sense. If somebody like comes up to you and their like arm is hanging off and they're bleeding and you're like, wow, you're injured there. And you're like, nope, I'm totally fine. You're going to be like, no, you're not. And that's what I'm saying to them. That's not, but Boba that's Fett. not what's happening. That's not what's happening here. Nothing of the multitudes of versions of Boba Fett's line up with this version of it. It's just not Boba Fett. You call, you call him Boba Fett and you gave him armor that looks like him, but that's not Boba Fett. Even in Attack of the Clones, they have this sort of like cloistered sort of monk-like lifestyle that they live together. It's not impossible to imagine that he's extremely devoted to his father because he is. And a matter of fact, it's like the only thing we know about him from Attack of the Clones. I mean, yeah, but then in, then when they expand him and the guy that also works he's on this show, Dave Filoni, he's, he's like a, just a piece of shit whatever guy. Right, but that's on, a t that's on a show for teenagers and now he's an adult and it's pulp. It's comic books. It's, 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 it's inconsistent. Flavor. It's this. It's yeah, but it's the same reason that stormtroopers in a show in a in a sh have you ever seen Rashomon? Uh, I think so. Is that an it's old? It's the thing where the 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 guy hears the same story. Oh, from the one that they four based different off people the Ben Skywalker or the Ben Solo thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I've actually seen it, but I might have. Yeah, it's it's the point is that like through different contexts you perceive things differently, and 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 just like to to address something like for example. The complaint that a lot of people have about stormtroopers being like actually not that good, I I think the idea of not wanting to see them be bad is valid because of you know everybody enjoys different things about Star Wars, you know what I mean. But the idea that there's something negligent or bad writing about making them crack shots in one story and not crack shots in another story, it's ignoring the fact that this is like a world that we all just agree exists for our adventures to play out in. And sometimes you need a story where the boy can kiss the girl and swing across the chasm and not get hit by any bullets because that would be like horrific and he would be dead at the bottom of a chasm and Star Wars would never have happened. I mean, that was because they were supposed to not hit him. That's already baked into those. It wasn't because it was a cool thing. It was because they're, they're letting them escape to find the rebel base. I mean, no, like, like, what do you mean? No, that's the, that's a plot point of that movie. I'm I'm just we saying. We talked like, about this last time in the original trilogy. The stormtroopers are bad at shooting because, like, basically because every time a, they were allowed. No, because it was part of like the villains' plans to lure that either a trick them into taking them to 
their home every, base. What about in every movie? Are you, saying, are you saying like in every movie where like people just can't shoot well because the main characters have to live? Yes. Yes. That's that's fine. But I'm saying in the case of the original trilogy, they baked that into the plot. That's like a well thought out written part. I don't. It, I I the, don't. The care idea that stormtroopers specifically are are bad at shooting is a like pop culture meme that people have made from being mistaken about it. And then we were just talking about it last week, last episode. And then in how it's not a cool thing to draw attention to because a, it's inaccurate and it's weird that they're both inaccurate, but then also hyper accurate. And it's even weirder because it's not like, well, they're really bad at shooting in this cartoon and they're really good shooting now in this one fucking show. They both suck and are good. That's why it's also even especially baffling. It's just that, it's like but you, it's an opera. You can't even, it's like, except for like, if you're even trying to take the example you gave of like in Detective Comics and in Batgirl, it's different. But this is one thing. This is the one thing. This is like if it just changes in the one show. But it's not that. You're saying like Boba Fett is different in Mandalorian than he is in the Clone Wars TV show. I say good because he sucks in that I'm going to reiterate why consistency matters. Consistency matters because you can't have stakes unless you set up some sort of structure. For, for things, for the rules of the world or for the like emotions. But generally you can't have stakes or the stakes are meaningless without sort of like setting up a structure or having a, a, a frame of reference for them. And so you can keep changing, like you can be like, well, if you want to like it, then that's easy. Then you can keep changing the bar for what makes sense or what doesn't make sense to make something good. And that's, and I guess that's, and that's good for you because then you can find joy in anything. I'm just interested in like what Generally, it is. when you have to do some sort of like analysis of this kind of stuff, you do have to follow things based on their own rules. And that's where this show is utterly fails. And new Star Wars in general. Old Star Wars also in a large way, but. Yeah, because none of it's real, dude. It's, it's, it's not actually <laughs> consistent. Like I, it's. <laughs> It's not Davis. actually real. Like well, I don't understand yeah. it. It, it. There's no oh, consistency. New Star Wars sucks, and so does old Star Wars. You do know that the world is complex, I right? Do. Like you, you know, like you know, that you can have a bunch of different critiques of things. That like I that, do, but that, like that, I have different like critiques in different realms. Baffles you? Baffles me also. Like I didn't, I didn't even, even know that. Like. Like critiquing is almost an art form in itself. And there's so many ways to do it. I can't believe that like I have to defend that. I don't have like one simple thing that I want. It's not even that. We just can't even get to the table. We can't even get to the table because we're just talking about. We can get to the table. We're not at the table. I'm telling you right now. Go for it. You spent more time talking about how comics have different universes than I have just pointing out that like Boba Fett literally is like a different person despite him having the same name and same armor. It, this is a, this is a PG thirteen TV show for adults, uh, and the other thing that we saw him in was when he was a child or a cartoon or a comic. But book. But also, and in the comic, why are we not talking time? Like, but like we're not like Boba Fett, the character, whoever he was, fell in a damn sarlacc and lived in a desert for. 10 years. Yeah. That changes a person. And he got his ship back somehow, but not his armor, despite knowing who had his armor and having a ship that could destroy the entire town. If you think that my whole problem is just Boba Fett, <laughs> that's, not, that's not it either. That's what we were talking about, though. Admittedly, we were focusing on Boba Fett there for a minute. Like, we, we'll take the rest of the critiques. I'm just saying, admittedly, we were just talking about Boba Fett. We, we were just talking about Boba Fett. Because I can talk about every single point I have a problem with at length. So the amount of time spent on a thing 
is also, again, like, that doesn't mean anything about my argument or my problem with it. Yeah, we were just talking about Boba Fett. No, no one's accusing you of that, though. We were literally just talking about Boba Fett. That's I all. made it like an aside about it, and it like we got into a longer thing before we got into the like actual episode just like discussion and plot by plot stuff. But that's there's a lot more to go and unpack there. So if you want to start like going through the Jedi episode, we can go through that. I mean, <laughs> I'm afraid to talk about anything. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I should bring up. Because you guys liked it and the internet apparently loves it. Discuss what you like about it. And if you guys like want to know my problems with it, let me know. Because I don't also just want to like have a Last Jedi episode of like, you know, I don't know, people at home probably. I think it's important. Star Wars if they want to hear it. So I I think it's important to see that people can just be friends and argue about something that's not that important. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to like worry about that. But I mean, you know, if we want to talk about the Jedi again, I'll tell you what I liked about it again. But I'm like, if we're worried about like a Boba Fett type point lasting 20 minutes, then we're going to be here for 30 hours with all my problems with this fucking. You know that uh, one meme, that video of the guy where they're talking about, uh, uh, oh my God, the, he's like, uh, the wicked witch, bro, or whatever that is. Like, yeah, you know, you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. Glinda is like. I just want that, like, ruby slippers! But I just want Davis to do that, and I think it'd be hilarious. Anyway, so the Jedi episode is the culmination of everything we've been tr- waiting for. The Like, the reason why I liked it is it's a culmination of everything we've been waiting for the entire season, right? It is everything that has been leading up to this whole, he's been sent on a quest to find a Jedi to figure out what the hell to do with this kid. And he finally makes it to this planet. It's, you know, a really cool-looking, like kind of shitty cesspool that we later discover is because they, you know, have refineries it kinda has, and stuff. It kind of has like a music video, like Japanese <laughs> Zen garden yes. vibe. I don't, like, like an a, eraser video. Like a, yeah, like, yeah, like a, a gently movie yes. music video Japanese garden, which like, you know, it's a sword fight. <laughs> in some shots in the background, you can see the refineries and the factories. So you kind of get the hint of what's going on. And, um, This was an episode that unlike previous ones where they were like, hey, fans, this is some cool shit. This one, the fan service was out front. It was Ahsoka for sure. And she did like some cool shit. And that was awesome. I really liked the the light. I forget what movie it is. I think it might be John Wick. I can't remember. There's one movie. Or maybe it's Batman or something. Maybe it's the the Ben Ben Affleck Batman. But where, where they do the thing with the lights turning on and off. You get to like see action happen. It's like a strobe light. They did it in. You talking about like like each time it flashes, he's like closer to the person until he punches him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did that last season. Also, they did it in like Kick Ass with Nicolas Cage, and it was pretty cool too. Yeah, this is like the cousin. This is like the sword version of that. It's like these swords emit light, so she's like because it's so dark and visibility is so low. They're doing like a cool sort of like samurai in the mist. Yeah, she's Predator, and she's running around murdering these guys, and it's dope. Like They give us everything that, you know, you would want from a Jedi who's kind of like a rogue Jedi. It has that vibe. It, like, gives you she the idea dirty. of who she yeah, is. Yeah, she fights dirty. She's, she's like she, a, yeah, she is like a Predator on top of also being like the Predator, but yeah, she's like a attacker. <laughs> she's, she loves hunting people yeah. uh, and taking their pelts. Their, their spines. But what this episode also did is it gave... Uh, super nerds like me, little tidbits that were great. Um, you know, the one thing that I loved that I even asked the internet about, I was like, did I see that is the 
I mean, it's in canon now. It's not just a cartoon. That uh, cute little owl thing that is the sister. Oh, uh, was in this episode. Yeah, yeah. In the woodshot. It's kind of like Ahsoka's uh, like spirit animal in like the later stuff, right? Like it's like yeah. I mean, it basically follows her everywhere, and it's her connection to the Force and to that episode because that's what the sister becomes. And so it's like, oh my god, that's still a thing. That episode that I think all of us loved. That weird, like, story in time thing. I also I, I love that that is important to the to the overall. I can definitely see how at some point in time that was probably we'll going see to be if it's the important. a reference to it does not necessarily mean that it's important. I would I'm hoping that it will, but I, I don't think it'll be a Mandalorian thing. I think regardless of how much you like or dislike the episode, you can agree that like that's just a reference, not like anything else. Like Rebels, they also showed the bird. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be like, this is a Mandalorian thing. I think I'm talking like macro scale. Yeah, right? it'll be it'll be in her spinoff where she goes after Grandma Turk. It's definitely more like for us people who know to be like, ah, right. Because because it's one of those things like on the wall painting at the end of Rebels. It was that family. Right. Yeah. So it's like that kind of thing where it's the grander story is that little those little tidbits. And I love shit like that. So, you know, obviously it's not going to end with the Mandalorian being like, Who's this crazy force family? Like, that's not going to ever happen. But maybe down the line in something, all these little breadcrumbs will lead to something. And I think that's cute and fun. And I love stuff like that. So seeing that, I really enjoyed like that. Those moments in this episode, I thought were like, okay, we're going somewhere bigger than just like gotta find Grogu or yeah. whatever the hell. And also, know? and also, I know that like Palpatine existing sort of like ruined all of our like blue sky thinking about star wars i feel like like ev ev everything to me now seems too crazy like every time i like try and imagine like a plot line happening in star wars i'm like so cynical about it but like a lot of the stuff that's going on here there's like a lot of questions about things that i have here i mean i mean number one something dark side going on in the magistrates zone right like i feel something dark is there the, the 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 woman who controls the the town elspeth yeah uh, i don't know that she would again i don't know i think you read like just by her vibe there's, that she has no, like dark side no vibes side. i think she was just like a bad regardless person. of what it is it's like she's a very bad person that ahsoka knows is bad i don't know about it necessarily I mean, her you know that sith. you know that she's bad not sith but you know that she's bad because she has ruined this planet one of the few bits of information that you know about her is that she ruins tons of planet. Oh, well, she has yeah, like the one yeah, nice area of the entire thing is her own little oasis. And she threatens to kill me, people. For me, it's more like I see her as like she almost doesn't belong. It's like imagine like an Imperial base and then there's like Darth Maul. Like she has like a, she's like good with like a crazy exotic weapon. Like she has like in insane martial arts abilities. She's like, you know, there's something beyond just like you know, cruel official going on at the very least. And that's, and that I think is the little sliver of connection besides the obvious being asked about it. But she even uses some of that. Remember that weird fight thing that Thrawn did in Rebels where he fought the robots? Terras Kasi? Yeah, it's literally <laughs> that. It, I mean, like you could see the, the, I know I was about to say map, but you could see the area that they fought being a, a map from that video game. Yeah. Uh, like well, I like mean, a background from that fight. Yeah. But, like, you know, going along with that and going along with the force imagery and the fact that Ahsoka seems to be pretty, like, honed at this point, you know? I don't know how to describe that better. She's, like, very, like, in battle. She's very, like, war-ready. Uh, 
you know, I want to just bring up briefly that we don't know for sure how long her timeline is. Now that we know about the the mirror or whatever, the portals, and the fact that she sure. like and the fact that she like went off to find Ezra, maybe, you know, or whatever she did. It's possible that there's like more force hijinks in her past and that it's possible, you know, maybe she There's five years. Yeah, for, there's five there's years. Five but, years from that. But also she could maybe just step out of a portal and more time has passed than has passed for there her. There is no way they would do that on a TV show at, without any set. That'd be wild if another Ahsoka showed up. No, no, no. I just mean like, I think it's possible that like Ahsoka is younger than she would be for this time period because maybe she came here through a fold rather than waiting 30 years. I don't I don't know that, that that I like agree that that's the reason, but I will say that she definitely looks a lot more like Clone Wars Ahsoka than Rebels Ahsoka, right? Like isn't aren't her like Yeah. Yes. I think that's stylized though. Well, also I mean, yes, uh, it's also because I think Clone Wars is like broadly known than it, so it like is it right, practical. Right, right. But also I think that by the time we see her in Rebels, if I remember, she has like a different air about her. She's like a lot more like zen and at peace. And here, yeah. like, she's like, I mean, she's on a mission right now. So it, it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you don't wear your church Sunday clothes to, to the battlefield. So, like, I guess I guess you could also explain it away as that. She might have had a whole, like, you know, second master scenario, too. You know, you never know. I want to be clear. I don't think that those hints are here, that she's, like, younger or anything like that. I'm not saying that this is where this show seems to be headed. I'm just saying. You're spitballing. It's rare. It. I'm just saying it's rare that we're, you know, and I want to, I want to, like, take a step into this world because I think it's important. We're in the like heir to the empire world now. Like we can step beyond the Skywalkers into open territory again for 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 the things that are going on with people. And before I get into Baby Yoda, Grogu, I want to throw out some love for like the incredibly subtle and like insanely nuanced good acting that Michael Bain was doing here. I don't know why that was the choice. Like I have no idea. Like. Why he decided to be like the slow draw, like aging gunman marshal. But for me, I totally was was like picking up what he was putting down with that crazy ass choice. It was a very Star Wars choice from him. I had to look up to see if there was something wrong with him. Oh, if he had like had a stroke or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. I thought that's what had happened. But I, I, it's, he just, I think he's just making a choice. Uh, and I, I was, I was very into his crazy choice. Honestly, when he was like, look, I don't want to do this. Like she's about to lose. I believe that yeah, dude. That's what I'm like, saying. Like it's such a such a real reaction. It's same thing with that dude who was like, shut the door! Shut the fucking door. Like I I love I appreciate it very much when a Star Wars character who's faced with like insane space western scenario is like, listen, I'm just these guys are weird. Sorry, Michael Michael Bean's character, all the characters I have massive issues with, and I'd love to talk about that ending scene when we get there. Yeah, that's fine. Well, let's before we get to Grogu, Grogu's the most important part of this entire like what what was your issue with grogu or michael bean oh no he, he's talking about what happens later yeah i mean i mean the ending scene i mean that's what i mean that's what i was talking about when he was like hey you know i don't want to fight I think that his character across the entire episode was wildly massively inconsistent both in tone sometimes he's like the hyper reverent to his boss character and sometimes he's the like listen i know a thing or two because i've seen a thing or two and i'm kind of sarcastic um the ending is a is like a great that whole like last scene when she shows up to the end is like a great case study you could almost teach in film school about how to not do stuff. Because if you try and watch that scene from any single character's perspective and try and make any sense of the actions that they follow in that scene, and you will not find any 
common smart thread. If he is just a gun for hire, if Michael Beanie is just a gun for hire, and the line, because he's, you know, these guys, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have heard other people in other movies say these kind of things. They're like, listen, this is not a thing worth fighting for. It's just business, nothing personal kind of thing. That would be fine. And him putting his gun down and walking away would be fine. It makes sense. Except that his tr- his plan right after he knows that his boss is dead and the Jedi and the Mandalorian have killed all of his support. And he's faced with the person who literally has bulletproof armor. His plan is to, while he's looking, try and pull out his gun and shoot him and then just get killed. How does that make sense in in any way? I think that that speaks to the fact that what you're seeing as wild inconsistencies is him lying. Yeah, he's like a piss boy. Yeah, he's he's in like he's with the lady no matter what, and he's just lying when he says or acts differently. Okay, even if that sure, even if his like trade is that he's a little bitch boy, but it's he's his a good actor, it's his Bill Clay. It, wh- why would he try to shoot the guy right in front of him with bulletproof armor? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would you do that? Did, did he want to die? He could have just shot himself in the face, and it would save. He's a time. gunslinger, you know. He might have thought he could hit him somewhere. No, it's a trope in other movies where people try to surrender and then try to pull out their holdout thing and get a kill, and that's why it's in this. But it doesn't make any sense in this with the stakes and the characters that were presented in this episode. It's illogical. I mean, I disagree, but like to each their own. You know, I I I felt like he was just a very like sort of like weak character, like a very like slimy guy and it it was very rel- you'd think that on a planet like this that's like remote and weird and under the thumb of some like crazy scary lady that like the people who work for her are just huge pusmaguses who probably are the worst type of loyal that you could ask for who are just like, you know, trying to get their paycheck each day and, you know, ready to backstab you any time that they can and equally willing to turn around and, like, you know, smile at your face. I don't know. That, that That's how I yeah, read they're it. locking up their fellow townspeople. Sure, sure could be. But again, they, they don't do any of the world building to, to, to like, make that. You're, you have to just, like, make that leap. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you on that up to the point with the, like, older Asian man. I felt like that was a big story. <laughs> I felt I felt like that was a big story jump for that guy. I sure do have questions about that guy. That guy's another <laughs> fun guy where he's like, look, I get I get it when Mando walks in and it's a town and like you don't talk to people. It's under like martial law. And I get that part. And then I even kind of like get at the end when he like keeps opening and closing the door almost comedically, like between every shot, like he's trying to help his yeah. fellows that are like being crucified. He's like, he never had the strength to do it himself. Yeah. The weird bit is at the end He's where like there's a, a shot of them putting a jacket on him and everybody's celebrating. And then <laughs> yeah. later Ahsoka turning away, like and addressing him like the, he's the leader. I'm just left like, what the fuck am what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? What do you what are the That part I just did not uh I thought was like really a big leap for his for that like plot line. But admittedly, the one thing I think we all agree on that Star Wars does this shit all the time. Just big leaps. In everything, there's a moment where they're like, and then that thing happens and we I, move on. I just on. think sometimes like what people want to do is they want to write their story. And a lot of times, like especially with stuff like Star Wars, stuff with like a lot of swordsmen, gunslingers, stuff like that. That's really tense, terse. Like unless you're, unless you're, you know, a sp- like an Italian Western director from the 60s, you can't just like take up six minutes with like two guys staring at each other 
you know, and I feel like for some reason the the like the like bad habit with writers and background characters is to give them like we well, uh, what's her name in uh the chick from Last of Us in uh Avengers like that type of thing where you just like it's like the like F plot where it's just like you get this like background character who's like in the front of a couple shots and like things happen to them in a in a plot. Oh, you're talking about yeah 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 how they like cut she had like a whole weird subplot with like Captain America that got yeah. cut so you just it's like a featured they do it in like I mean they they they, they do it a lot in movies where they like all right, here's like one person that's going to sort of represent the vibe of the whole crowd, but they show them like a little too much that it's a little to weird. Me, it it is like the most perfect like cinematic example of selling out because it's something that you're putting there to keep people from getting bored of the stuff that you want them to be paying attention to and that's like a very corporate decision i i really that's that's the one thing that i was really like okay uh about but like obviously it's a minor thing but the other thing that i was a little bit i don't know like this is the same this is the same type of thing as the ahsoka portals thing right where i'm like everything is at play like you know what i mean this doesn't need to connect to the emperor for any reason anymore there's like anything can happen this is like you know post Force Awakens post Last Jedi talk where we thought, you know, maybe it wasn't going to be the Emperor because that would be too crazy. This is more space brain stuff where I'm trying to rectify this. But I thought it was really weird. I don't I don't mind the name Grogu. I think it fits. It's very like I will say, of all my many complaints, Grogu is not one of them. Guess what? Yoda's a fucking weird name. There was no but like you just you just That's what I mean. There was no word that it was gonna be that you were gonna be like they they had to name him. Or like they maybe they never had a name, but like there was no with so much build up, there was no name that was gonna like. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't mind the name Grogu, or whatever. And I, I everybody I, the, that the, says it's a Pokemon name, I agree with though. It definitely sounds like a like a starter like leaf like right. Yo, like a, oh like yeah, a grass. He's definitely grass ground. It's a gooey sure. seed. It's like Gudra, but like if it were like a leaf type. <laughs> stuff. I cannot tell you how much I see the Pokemon in my mind that you are describing. He's a gooey seed. The thing, that's, my, that's a great descriptor. Yeah. The thing that I'm the thing that I'm a little leery of, obviously, right, is like this this uh the extra the extra elements of Grogu's storyline, right? This is a very like scary element of the plot for me because I really don't want them to do the same thing that which they've been doing with this show. Uh, I mean, with with Star Wars in general, which is like at the last minute, just being like, ah, nah, it's just going to be the Emperor again. And I'm scared because of things like uh, Grogu training at the Jedi Temple. I'm scared of things like him holding a lightsaber. I don't want to see him hold a lightsaber. That's true. I like I like things like that. I mean, look. Is there a situation where he could hold a lightsaber that I'd be in support of? Of course there is, right? But for me, I have to think about Grogu and I have to think about like where the story's going. And I think that where they're going to go with what Grogu is, just based on the plot, I don't think it's going to be like Padawan Grogu. You know, I don't think that's the vibe exactly. I think that the way that Ahsoka just explains it is a little bizarre Mm -hmm. for someone who you would expect to be a Padawan. You know what I mean? Like what she says happened to Grogu is not what happened to Padawans. Padawans don't like bounce from master to master for many years, right? Like that's just, I mean, they do in a way, but like in a Harry Potter way, not like, why was he spirited away? Right. Who hit him? Right. Like that kind of thing. And I think, and I think that what, what this storyline is headed, because I imagine that there's a lot of people out there who are upset about this particular element of it. And I mean, I'm not saying this is something that, that necessarily, (laughs) You know, everybody's of the same mind on, but I feel like people are like, I don't want any. Uh, oh, nope, nope. 
prequels bad i don't like it like whatever fuck you fuck you fuck you there's no way this could be good i'm the only one who knows i understand that instinct here but i feel like i feel like where they're headed with grogu is something a lot more like about the origin of yoda's species and something unique about their physiology that is almost like i feel like maybe teaching a baby yoda how to use the force is like putting an x-men kid into xavier's school can I make a wild Jesse prediction that I don't, this is not my number one belief, yeah. but I'm like, I want to put like, you know, like, I don't know, it's gambling, but I've been to Vegas with Jesse. You know, how like you can put money on multiple things. <laughs> Go on. Yes. Oh, but help me translate this into real talk. You know, like, is it craps? You can put stuff where you get like a big payout, but it's like really not likely to happen. Yeah. Long odds. Yeah. Yaddle yeah. and Yoda's fucking love child. <laughs> <laughs> getting real spicy. I'm in. I'm in. That's not my first one, but I'm like, that's my like Jesse's like wild card bitches. That's my like, you know what? That might, that might pay off and I get a million dollars for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on this and I'm gonna say that's the reason why Yoda was so chill with everything that Anakin was up to. Everyone knew Anakin was fucking Padme. Everyone. And Yoda kept it on the down low because Yoda was like, been there I have. I get it. I have a Padme right now. <laughs> He's getting he was getting nice and nice and crunchy in those spice streams. I I might not love this I idea. I that was the best I line. Hope it, <laughs> no, I hope it happens. <laughs> fucking like skater boy Yoda. Dude, nutted I did, bro. Where where does where does Yoda say bro in the middle of the sentence? <laughs> nutted oh, bro, shit. I did. Uh <laughs> I just think I, I what I'm what I'm getting at is I think that's uh I think that they're they're giving us details like that in a way to make us a little weirded out by it and confuse us a little bit and I really do think that what it's going to boil down to is that these uh, creatures are like a rare type of creature that there's not that many like in the species like when the species naturally like procreates it's you know it's a very slow motion type species. And because of that, there's some, you know, like you ever, you ever, you know, I know I keep going back to comic books today, but it's because I read like 10 per day, you know, something like the Guardians of the Universe, like maybe the Yoda type characters are like some type of, you know, monk type species, something like that, where it's a much more innate relationship with the force. And I, and just everything that's happening leads me to that belief. He's like a, he's like a biological link between life living things and the and the force that's where i think they're headed okay i still i still thought it was weird that she like had like gene gray conversation with grogu and that he's like it's grogu like i don't <laughs> understand i don't understand like if he can't talk in real life like why as a force baby he can talk it's a little thing right but it's just like one thing that was like kind of weighing on me <laughs> it's one of the many things that weighs on me um as you could, as you might have guessed, just about everything about this, I it didn't sit well with me. I'll, I'll put it that way. The the idea that like they knew about this little baby and he's been trained by quote many masters. Things went dark for t twenty years. It's like it's a little bit of a weird pill to swallow that this guy has like just been out in the world for twenty years when it seems like he can hardly go a day without getting into hijinks. But him having a name and being trained by masters makes especially stuff like the eggs and his sort of like infant tisms a little bit harder to swallow like it makes it the implications are a little bit he's definitely a lot closer to like dog training he's a dog Liter like literally the opening scene where he says grogu and grogu looks up i do that to snoopy sometimes when i'm when i'm fucking with them like it's literally he's a dog and and that's like 
how it is. With him like doing his little meditative hands and him having a name and talking to her, the implication that he knows what like a lightsaber is and and wants it or you know, like like the ideas of him him being more human don't gel with the the baby Yoda character that we've seen so far. And and if it were a and if it were like a just a movie's length and and he was pulling honestly like a like a Yoda, how like Yoda was being intentionally wacky when you first meet him, you know, if in he pulls Empire. out like a lightsaber halfway through the show, I'm going to shit. Right. Myself. And that and that would be kind of like a thing. But but the explanation that he's been trained by masters was on the thing. It just makes it even the implications there are are not great. And I already have had a problem, as you guys all know since I first was leaked that Baby Yoda was going to be a thing in the show, being like, I, this is, it's it tough. It really is uncharted territory, yeah. And not just uncharted territory, it's going to be, you. it's an uphill battle, A, because it's just going to demystify Yoda n- no matter what, and it's just going to be, it's like a weird series engine, it's just going to be tough to do, and they don't, they're not like, with the pace they've been going, you know, they're not like, clearly in a in a hurry to answer that question but the answers or half answers that we've been getting so far to me aren't satisfactory or compelling and then the uh, other yeah. the further the further ideas where ahsoka's like i can't you know he's got a connection makes it in like so i can't train him is like sort of like contradictory to a lot of star wars and a little baffling especially because she felt like the like she had a whole arc in the most recent episode of Clone Wars, we should try to not care about stuff and ended up learning that like caring is better than not caring. So, so like, sure, it's been years since then. So m- maybe we find out something in between has made her go that. But then also the idea of like better to let the abilities fade away is another series of weird implications. You know how I feel about the idea of like shutting yourself off from the force. I already really dislike that concept to begin with. The force is an energy field that is surrounds and binds and lives within all living things. So the idea that you could turn it off like a faucet or or also letting it fade is a ridiculous notion too. This is a baby Yoda. He's got the most metachlorians of at least anybody the Empire's seen and his powers get more powerful and dire as it grows and the more attached he gets. So I'm like, the idea, your logic of like not training him because he's too attached, seems to not make any goddamn sense. Also, I'm also a little confused about where we lie with attachments in the in the broad Star Wars sense also. Like, this is actually a question that you guys can help me answer. Like, I thought that we realized, no, caring, attachments, good. That's like the thing that separated in the original trilogy, Luke above the generation before him that fucked everything up was that he cared and that he was like willing to look out for his friends that he believed in the good in all people and like that kind of stuff won the day. What they tried to tell us with episode three and Anakin Skywalker's dreams is that it's a pathway to the dark side. But I would also counter with also the point with the prequels is that the Jedi's at that time sucked. And because they, they got so stuck in their own weird ways that their teachings were wrong. So by that logic, attachments are totally like fine and and also, if we're like being honest, I really feel like Anakin Skywalker being gaslit throughout the entire prequel trilogy by his peers, the Jedi, the only people that he got to talk to, really probably was the greater pathway to the dark side than any attachments. But that's like another other conversation. Yeah, I mean, so, well, I think I think that's right. Like we all we all we all think that, right? Like 
Especially watching the prequels after watching Clone Wars. In the Clone Wars, they're kind of like all buddies. And then you like rewatch prequels and you're like, oh, I forgot. Like he was like an outcast. He's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You guys like didn't give him the love and the respect that he deserved in that probably made him go evil and some wonky George Lucas writing. That's the thing I give George Lucas credit for, though, the most. of Everybody always says, like, oh, no, this, the prequels are secretly really good and all this shit, which is, you know, is patently not true. Like, those movies are, like, weak sauce movies, right? Like, there's some neat things in them and, like, there's some serious masters of the form that work on those movies that make certain things about them incredible. But as a, as a whole thing, they're not great. But what I will give George Lucas credit for is I do believe that his criticism of the Jedi is like fully there and like I wouldn't say it's elegantly told but it's like fleshed out and I think that his point which you know goes to be echoed on later in both the Legends universe and what Luke Skywalker does with the force there and what he does in Last Jedi where he kind of like reacts to the like sort of knowledge that he ends up with which is that it's not really the force that's the problem right it's more people who try to interpret it and sort of like put hard rules on it that are the thing that's like human right. nature is life. Life is random and like, you know, trying to stop life from doing what it wants to do and not being disciplined. And, and we see that like sentiment that you're just talking about, like beautifully echoed by like Qui-Gon and discussed in the book we just read too about like, you have to listen. You can't like have a set of rules. You kind of have to just like be open to the force speaking to you, not like the force likes this. So I'm going to do this. As far as Ahsoka's motivations go, I think the big difference for her, obviously, between the times that we've seen her and uh, now is that I think she has a lot more knowledge of what happened with Anakin Skywalker. Well, and can, can we, and, and on that, just if we're going to talk about the thing Davis was saying about connections between people in the Force, maybe I've always read this wrong, but I always assumed that... The idea of connections was kind of like that Spider-Man vibe of like, if you are connected to something, it can then be used against you. And that's the path to the dark side. It's just emotions, like not being in control of your emotions is the path to the dark side and having connections to people who aren't on your level, uh, you know, in the world, opening up any sort of superfluous pathways. If we're going like based on the movie trilogies, it's part of. The Jedi teaching to, to Luke to like let go of his fears, like caring about things or like thinking that things are, are important leads you to trying to exert control over it in ways that can like eventually lead to the dark side. The prequels run with the idea of attachments even more so. But at the end of Return of the Jedi, the 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 thing that I thought was supposed to be the like Luke moment is at first he's like, yo, dude, I'm not going to fight you. And the Emperor is like, I'm going to kill all your friends. I thought like Luke's whole, you know, like everyone's telling him not to be attached and that whole thing throughout the prequels as well. The idea that it's just like Luke's like, dude, my friends got this shit. I ain't even worried. And then at the end when he, you know, is like, I'm going to kill your sister. And he like lose control. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. Kill me, dude. Like the whole, I, I, you know, I guess I just assumed that the attachment thing is like, you know, because you're connected to people, people can use that connection against you. And because you want to protect them. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I guess they, he tortures Han specifically because he knows Luke is going to like feel it and want to save him. So yeah. And that, in that case, and then Yoda didn't want him to go because his training wasn't. Right, because that's the shitty Jedi way. And right. Luke was like, bro, I'm going to go save my friends. And it was used against him. And I think that in the last movie, then it's like, all right, you're going to try to use it against me again. But like my friends are going to blow up your damn shield generator. I mean, it actually works against him. If you In Return of the Jedi, he believes that there's good in his father. 
that's his whole bit. He's like, then take me to your leader. I like, I am not going to fight you. I think that you are a good guy. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna take you to my master. And he keeps doing it. And then he gets egged on. I guess he gets egged on to attack the emperor. But, it, but he's also You're doing, right. no, he's you, also you, doing a ploy. Like he, Luke's doing a ploy because he's, he's the bait while the rebels attack the shield thing down on Endor, or the moon of Endor. kind of true, except He's for, like, you're going to be a good guy by the end of this. Yeah. Right. His whole bit is like, like they even had that scene in the elevator or before the elevator where they're both like, uh, I'm going to take you to my master. He's like, I think you're going to be a good guy. And then he attacks, he goads, the emperor goads him into attacking him. Yeah. And then Vader stops him. And then he attacks again when Vader talks about like, you know, Leia and turning her and then he attacks out of anger again. It's more just like Vader can use it to like get you basically. I, I definitely read it in the show. I, I definitely read it in the show as Ahsoka being like, I was trained. I was trained by a, like when I trained as a Jedi, I was trained by like the guy who became literally Satan. But that's also an extension of the prequels. Right. But she learned like her journey of of leaving the Jedi Order sort of like informs her understanding of what happened to Anakin and now that it's history and that it's all known I think as much as she doesn't think it's good to train him I also think she's making a personal choice I think that's what that was was just a wink to us who know Ahsoka's baggage that she wouldn't train this kid because he has attachments because that's literally in her mind right what led to Darth Vader in in some right way. but it's also what they say and is a reason for not doing it so you do also have to kind of like judge it on its own merits I think that I think the missing element with Grogu is is the same thing that I'm saying right I'm not saying it's opposite of what you're saying but it's just a slightly more hopeful outlook that I do believe that what's going to be the case here and I think the interesting thing with Grogu is that he's almost like a pure vessel of white and dark like his motivations like like if you gave a dog force powers right that dude would be so dangerous like if Wallace my dog had force powers like he has no problem bugging me every 25 seconds for 30 minutes when he wants his food right and if he could just choke me with his mind to get me to give him his food he would do it constantly right like like you or i is like a double a battery of the force and baby yoda is like rocket fuel like a canister of rocket fuel the force because he has no like structure to his life because he's not got the mind of a man he's got like a baby mind so i think i think that's i think that's what's being portrayed in the show and i think that's a big reason why Ahsoka doesn't want to touch it. And I think that that that's why she said the weird thing. Like he's not, he wasn't a Padawan. He was a, almost like a, something that was like a plant that was passed between masters. You know, like I feel like he, he definitely is a baby. I don't think he's going to suddenly become like Jedi kids, baby boy. I think it's much more of a like biological sort of. But that is a weird, I mean, I guess the implication is no one knew what to do with him, but it is weird that Yoda is one of a him. And wouldn't Yoda be like, well, this is what happened when I was a kid, right? Or was it 900 years ago? And it was like, I forgot I have. There might be like, like what, there just, might be like 10 at once of these though. You know what I mean? Like it might be like maybe completely tied to the force. Like, in fact, if you go back and you look at like the pre-Disney stuff when they'd say like his origin is not known, you know, like that type of thing. There's always some sort of mention of like, but he is known to be from something that's uniquely connected to the force. You know, like there's always some sort of implication that like there is some sort of greater reason why. I mean, there was that episode where he went to the force world and like saw the dark Yoda and shit. Right. Like there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that exists with Yoda's backstory that we just simply will not know, I guess. Yeah, and that's what I interpreted. Yeah, that was like his own like sort of 
self-doubt they're brought on because he was in like a dark force place but sure 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 but like that is you but know he really did he do has, that. yeah i don't think any jedi could do that he like i the craziest oh, thing my assumption is it's a common thing where you fight like a dark version of yourself and stuff I, like I, yeah but he talked he talked to like a god being of the force light from yeah beyond. that's what i meant like that whole area is a huge thing for uh, you know talked, Yoda, which it's like acid people. Like when you like take mushrooms and you like look beyond the veil, and there's like aliens waving at you. Like that's who we talked to. Yeah, and that's that's how I interpreted the end of the tragedy episode. I think it's easy to look at that scene at the end. I could feel. I, I can always tell when like a scene is going to upset a lot of people. Uh, I don't know what that is. I, I I think it's just like the fact that I like what scene are you referring to? So that's the back of your mind knowing that it's not great. It's not the back of my mind knowing that. It's just that that's the front of your mind. It's just that these people are predictable. You know what I mean? Like, I know what the argument's going to be. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? At the, what, end, at the end of the the tragedy, when, yeah. when Gideon is like, have you seen this? I'm going to use this lightsaber later. Just keep watching the show. Like, in that scene, he's, like, using his force powers. And I think some people could read that as him, like, using dark force powers because he's, you know, he doesn't give a shit anymore. And in a way, they're right. But I think they need to look at that more as raw power. Ooh. From, from an animal rather than like oh baby yoda throwing the stormtroopers around that's something yeah. i liked about that episode that i can say nicely about it i mean he did force choke one guy but they didn't like rely on him just using the like force powers you've seen from the movie like a video game it was much more fun it was up. like yeah. chaotic like those guys were getting like burnt bent screwed yeah and some of them were just like twisting in pain that i'm like i don't know if he's like crushing their skulls or if it's whatever but it's like cool that it's not just lightning or a force choke like he's clearly exerting kind of like when he lifted i mean i guess it was just him lifting that like the the mud horn but like yeah you know it's just raw untethered force powers yeah and then they have to take baby yoda to this rock uh and she was like set him on the rock and things will happen we got the robert rodriguez episode and basically there's not much in terms of plot uh in this one like it's more of a it's more of an action sequence. It's like literally the the structure of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode with the production value of a Freddy W or Cord or Digital video with the writing of a WWE storyline. <laughs> That's my assessment of that entire episode. It's just so harsh. It's just so like But like also perfectly accurate. That they literally shot that in like the Hills of Angel Grove. I, I will say there were things in this episode that I kind of, Davis and I had a little chat about this. There's some things that I agree that this episode did weirdly, but also going into it, it gave me on the Jesse scale. I was like, oh my God, we go to a planet that we've never seen canonically that is considered to be one of the very first Jedi Malibu, Temple worlds. California. Malibu, like we, <laughs> Malibu Canyon, baby. <laughs> we, we get to, you know... Jedi Fallen Order kind of cool moment with the uh like where he was on the little dome pedestal thing and the symbols around him were very like oh how you know how it old very school. much had that look too like the same architect made yeah. that ball as made the the temples the, yeah we got to see you know the uh dark troopers I was like awesome they look super, the, super neat. the scene where they were like descending at that weird angle was so cool looking it looked so like evil and like it looked like the Iron Legion from Iron Man 2 like when they're like all yeah, flying yeah, in yeah. formation very, to impress the, the military very Nazi like yeah they they you know the the watching Fennec roast stormtroopers was great in an episode full of like hype moments did you guys at least find it weird that the dark troopers big entrance was to just pick up like in a, in an otherwise <laughs> entirely action packed episode, they, they picked it up 
and then flew yes. back. I was waiting for them to come out. Like when the second ship landed, I was like, ah, these are the dark troopers. Now they're totally yeah, it screwed. It felt like an afterthought in both cases. There was a lot of moments in this episode where it didn't, everything was just one too many. Like a great example is uh, watching the Mandalorian attempt to get baby Yoda out of the force field. Like it happened one too many times. Yes. Yeah. The stormtroopers yep. had a lot of moments where it was just one too many moments with the stormtroopers missing and being terrible, right? Like everything was just one too many of everything. And I think it culminates in one of the big problems you had Davis, which is Boba Fett and just noticing the Fat. empire. Baffling. Boba Fett fought a bunch of stormtroopers, went back to his ship, or like went to the, what do you call it? The, what's this, their ship called? The Slave One? No, not his, the other one. The Razor Crest? The Razor Crest, puts on his armor, comes back, fights more stormtroopers, goes back to his ship, flies up through the air, then sees a Star Destroyer, says, the, they're back, the Empire's back, which doesn't make sense on top of it. Also, if I'm not mistaken, this is a little bit of extra thing that I just thought about on my second rewatch. That fucking ship was from the Republic era. That that predates the Empire. Also, well, in the new can in the new canon, those are like the mini cruisers. They now. had those during the Clone Wars, though, so they are Republic era. The bigger Defin- the, definitely, the, but they they do use them. That's a nitpick on top of the actual larger. Oh fuck you! Is you literally just fought the Empire a bunch, and now you're being like the Empire's back. Like that. That to me, I'm just like. C- come on, that's not even me nitpick. That's just obviously bad writing, guys. Come on, looking that, around the room. That's that. I mean, look. Here's 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 what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yes, it's, you're right, Davis. Thank you, Alex. No, it's we grokked I mean, it. We grokked it together. It's dumb. It's dumb, right? <laughs> I like the idea of it ending on a line like "The Empire's back," uh, and I don't think it's something like in in my enjoyment of this episode. Not something that really ruined it for me in in a way where it took me out of it to go. Huh? But this episode for me, like just in general, like it really just felt like half like a like a like an A plot of another episode. Like maybe there's an episode where somebody else was doing something and it was supposed to cut back and forth between this and that because I kind of walked us up to it at the beginning of this episode where I was kind of talking about like what we were looking for in each of the episodes and how I felt like the Jedi really nailed the genre, nailed the look, nailed the flow. It gave us plot. I felt like this one was kind of more like the Bo-Katan episode where we got a lot of like little revelations of things that we kind of like wanted to know about here and there. Like they like once we run into Boba Fett and and Fennec, they just like exposition, 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 which was interesting. And it sets up like what their deal is. They're like, yo, we're like serious now. We're kind of like good people more now. Like we're more honorable. We're older. We're smarter. This episode suffered from the thing that I think we've talked about many times with this series, which is there's just not enough, you know, time in as many episodes. Like this is something that should have been a lot more fleshed out culmination of a lot of different things. And instead they just said the things that they should have shown. And that's kind of what we got out of all this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just didn't cohese is my thing with it. Like I loved the Boba Fett fight scenes. I loved, I think I found my kink uh, and it's stormtrooper helmets getting smashed uh, with brute, with brute force. Yeah. The one where he, like he walks out of the scene and he like leaves like a smashed man behind was like, I didn't notice it the first time. And then I went back and I was like, Ooh, like, damn, that looked bad. And uh, I also kind of like loved the, Sort of like fat Boba Fett vibe 
<laughs> that like was kind of going on. It's making for good memes so far, that's for sure. Well, it's like he was wearing like not his armor clothes, right? So he just like put it on over his weird like Dark Souls level one enemy outfit that he's wearing. Yeah, I mean, and the actor is just like older and yeah, and, he's like a fifty-five-year-old, sixty-year-old, a little chunkier, but yeah, but like a badass. But that like it gave me a very uh, what's the dude's name? Why? Oh, I can't remember his excellent name now from True Grit, Rooster Cogburn. Uh, it gave me it gave me kind of like a sloppy old like guy vibe. I really appreciate when a story puts a character in a parallel position with what people who care about the character think of him. Uh, and I thought that that was done very well here and that they were really conscious of the fact that if they were going to bring Boba Fett back, that they needed to make him like competent and sweet and like sort of like inject him with some new life, you know, so that it's not just like, you know, one of them big, like that's, I mean, that's what that's, I, I feel like Boba Fett is one of the original like Star Wars retcons that have set people, you know, where people started to want to live in like universe B where the prequels never existed so that they would never have to see young, young Boba Fett. And it's really cool that uh, Tamara Morrison is like a fucking badass dude. I mean, you know he was doing it. He had such great faces, you know, like you could see him obviously swinging that shit around himself. And and to me, like, I, that's exactly what I want from Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like, it really was like, to me, it felt like Logan. I really loved the part where he like blew up the ship right on the edge of being too much. It it had like a, almost like a men in black feel to it when they like fire that, that like hand cannon into the spaceship and it like crashes and they're just like quietly watching it. I thought it was very satisfying and very fun to have have the thing with Boba Fett be like the Mandalorian being like, you're not a fucking Mandalorian. This isn't your fucking armor. And then Boba Fett goes to get the armor himself, kicks unholy ass, saves everybody's life. And then he's like, come over here. Look at this shit. Look at this. This is my shit. 25 years I've had this fucking armor, okay? So why don't you fucking back the fuck off and like let me be a badass like I'm Boba Fett and I've always been Boba Fett like I'm a fucking Mandalorian. And I think that's cool because it it kind of like is another way of looking at the Mandalorian's theming his own story of being sort of like made into a Mandalorian and what a true Mandalorian is. I love that that's like the measure of a man. What is a Mandalorian? Who is the Mandalore? Like if they're headed towards the like crowning the Mandalore, even if it's not the end of this season, you know, even if, if that's where they're headed, I like the idea that there's this dialogue of like, you're not a Mandalore, you're a Mandalore, I'm a Mandalore. I, I, I like that that's sort of like the uh, thematic sort of vibe of all the episodes that's been tying them all together. Even like Cobb Vanth, like you're not a Mandalorian. Uh, the frog lady, she's like, I thought you were a fucking Mandalorian. Like, you know, I, I, I really like that type of thing. But the thing is, is I enjoyed every minute of it. It wasn't like, you know how there's sometimes things that you're like, oof, I can't get over these things and it's ruining it for me. This was not that moment for me. I was fine with it. I even in the moment rationalized the idea of him being like the empire's back was more of a revelation to him that what he, he should have said is the empire's back oh god i'm gonna have work again is like really what kind of he should have said but yeah it's more like him knowing that there were rumblings and like that this is how i read it if i have to be the one person who's like yeah, this is probably what he meant i'll do it uh which is you know he's heard the rumblings he knows that things are happening yeah, and he sees it with his own eyes. Like he, yeah, yeah, like flying up into space and, you know, clapping eyes on a Star Destroyer for the first time in a decade after you thought that you were past that po point in your life. Especially one from like when he was like a kid. It's just weird because they were the guys that technically killed all the Jedi, people that killed his dad that he hated and gave him a lot of employment. So it's just, it's the weird kind of surprise reaction. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm right there with you. I I don't think it's like the most elegant way it could have been done, but I'm just saying, like, it didn't it didn't totally strike me as like, well, this guy's a fucking moron. You know what I mean? Like, it just it just for me it was just kind of like a like dude like like the fact that he was like we're gonna go get Bill Burr. Like, I was like hell yeah. Like, I'm so excited that he's gonna put a team together and like kick some ass. And I I hope it's. I, I can't wait. I can't I wait. I was just happy we got an answer about the badge. Remember, we were like, what is that? Is that a medal? And it was, uh, it's a sheriff The commemorative uh, victim of Alderaan medal that they give out to people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of us knew it was a badge because it's, it's completely a Western trope. So I don't know that we got it's the like answer on that. Star. It's like a star. It's just baffling that there was any question. This show is all Western homages. <laughs> uh, like, it's literally. She doesn't say yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it was weird to me. He's like, you know, you could be like a marshal. So I thought that this episode is a, is a, glorified fan film. I don't know. Like none of this feels like anything that would happen in canon. This feels like, I don't know how to say it, like a, like a really expensive, like Freddie W action short down to the, down to literally the cinematography, like the way that, especially the way they like follow his gaffy stick when he's swinging it. And, and the characters that are in it that are supposed to be Fennec and Boba Fett, you already know, like none, nothing about what they say or the way they act now makes any sense to to me with how they were like ruthless bounty hunters before and now they're like honorable good people it doesn't make any sense to me that boba fett would try to fight stormtroopers he's like a ruthless bounty hunter who at least what we've seen in the past uses all the tools at his disposal and his father to fight greater people just rushes out no armor to fight people immediately like that's not like i never got that energy from him i mean once he had it he 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 used it. I, I'm sure that if we do get a backstory, it's gonna be he was yeah you know raised back to health by the the Tuscan Raiders and he got a whole new lease on life and that's fine. But the effects were weirdly low budget in this one. I don't know if you guys noticed a bunch of like the laser hitting marks on the rocks or like weird explosions that look like basic After Effects. Thing. The dark saber looks really whacked. The the dark saber looked whacked. Her pushing the rock down, which may be an homage to Mulan. I don't know, but like that whole rock effect was like pretty low. I mean. For TV, it looked incredible, but I mean, but this show you could be like the tagline is "We spared no expense." Like, like it. it I'm, I'm, and if even if you look at like even uh, her first like action scene, remember that that with two guys on the speeder. It's just even just looking at her last yeah episode. I I, I noticed I noticed that too. It didn't have like a final. It's pass. like very weird, and it's clearly shot it in real life, and somehow like them shooting on their other sound stages looks like better than in real life. And then also little things that bug me, like also like a weird MMO encounter a second bunch of stormtroopers like they like they're all waiting they're like all right the first six guys go in okay and once they're out then the b team comes in all right let's go and so then they just shut you remember cutting in and then just the next group of people come out of the monster closet to fight them those little things obviously bother me and then getting to the end you know me i i was really excited that them giving her a badge and with the third episode, I think, this season, having characters that aren't the Mandalorian having potential plot lines is exciting. And I am disappointed that she is a marshal now. It's weird on one level because he's like, oh, Marshall, I forgot exactly what he says, but he calls her, you know, Marshall Dune and like, here you've been clearing up these parts, which is weird because before she was a marshal, he she had already been doing that. So that's like already a little weird. A common thread that I haven't been going back and forth on that I've always said about the show is I want people to have like some meat and that the idea that she might rejoin the Republic or well, the rebels, but the new Republic is like some meat for another character. And that's gone. 
Like instead of us having an episode where she like went back and forth on it and something happened where she realized that she would be best served or she needs or the people need the Republic needs her. She just is already there and she's already like, well, I got the badge, so I got to follow the rules is like, I'm just disappointed that that all is cut. I think there's the possibility that they like chefed her off the show. I mean, maybe there's there's a lot of talk about her getting her own spinoff. So that so that might be a thing. This the problem is she's like an anti-masker. Yeah, yes. She's got some like unfortunate thoughts on, and that's being nice. She's got some shitty thoughts on stuff. I feel like it's possible that they just like wiped their hands of her and just put her here to like not have to put her in the show as a result of that. Yeah. So that that was a bummer. I still feel like Gus is just such a like they're wasting Giancarlo Esposito. His dialogue, it's all just basic bad guy stuff i'm like waiting to see like the Titus character somehow was written to be seem more he becomes so scary the moment he arrives but when he's just by himself it's weird we didn't talk much about it and i'm going to circle back on my other numerous problems with the jedi episode it's just the dialogue it's just wooden it's just stilted and wooden and you have great actors who i think are trying their best but there is a threshold for how much you can elevate this stuff and this one he was kind of playing the giddy he finally got what he wanted and he was like playing he silly. He was though. Like, let's be real. That was giddy giddy and for real. And that part like kind of helps, but because the dialogue is so basic, it also just, it just makes him seem not as cool. But it was cool that Baby Yoda was just like, sort of like doing cornered, scared animal, like lashing out and just like rocking those, those stormtroopers. I agree that they don't use him. I, I, I think that he, I mean, I don't really think he's meant to be like, directly the villain all the time at least like in in a, i don't think he's the main villain at least like at least not in like a personal way he, he's the big villain for a while i mean they they whispered they mentioned grand moff tarkin in the last episode so he's either going to be in this or he's going to be in the ahsoka spinoff grand admiral thrawn grand admiral oh, sorry, thrawn. That's what, sorry that's what i meant grand admiral thrawn i, I i'm worried that they're going to do the same thing they did to uh what's his face last season we're like you know, Thrawn's going to show up and be like, you suck, dude. And just <laughs> like, I I don't know what's about to happen to this character. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, they've literally set up the fact that this spear that he now has instead of a weapon, uh, whatever, it is a weapon, but the spear that he has, we've seen it fight a lightsaber. So we know that it can fight a dark saber, which means that I'm convinced by the end of the season they're having a throwdown. And I feel like that's going to be it. I don't know that it's going to be him. Best card being lightsaber immune. Did no one else get thrown by that? That just, it makes, especially now that they're retconning that Boba Fett's armor was best car. It sure makes like his encounter with Luke interesting or different. Uh, uh, like, is his best car? Yes, because they, he calls it best car in this. And they he show got it, from it his dad. It's dad's armor. They show it bouncing off lasers in previous episodes. And I guess we never talked about, but another of the many massive problems I have with this show is Beskar and what are the rules of it? Who has it? It makes sense when a thing is all chrome. You could be like, that's Beskar. But now Boba Fett just had like shitty looking. Used I wasn't armor. in the under I wasn't of the understanding that his armor was even Jango Fett's armor. It was. The, it's the armor he picked up off the floor when his dad got his I head cut off. I am so sure we had a conversation and somebody was like, actually, it's different armor. I feel I feel like somebody on the internet- It's not. It is canonically not. Okay. I thought, I think, I don't remember what we thought, but I think that I thought, or that we thought- Maybe maybe in Legends. I just, yeah. I because just, if, if you look at Jango's versus his armor, now, like Boba Fett's armor, it's like been around the ringer. It's like been through stuff. And so you could be like, look, it was his dad's armor and it was nice and shiny, but he got it. And now it's like- you know, dinged up and used. But now I guess it it again is his dad's armor. And they specifically show it 
deflecting lasers in the premiere so you know that it's Beskar. I mean, you know, it, it was a clean kill by Mace Windu. <laughs> so, sure. I yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, it was nothing but net. No, there's like, there are, this is true of all armor. There's weak points in armor. It was nothing but net on and on Mace. We can't, we can't throw it at Mace. Yeah, and Mace speaking of Mace, Mace. Mace rocks speaking, speaking of Mace, that's another thing that people have been talking about. That he's the one who's alive, he's the Jedi to find. Yeah, people have been saying Mace Windu is also in this show. Death is meaningless. I, if that happens, there's no way. Don't don't say that, Jesse. You know it's going to happen. Or you know it absolutely could happen. His death was not good, first of all. I mean, it was a very good, important point for the story. But like I, the fact that they threw him out of a window, like to me, was like so weak sauce. Considering everyone in that entire movie up to that point jumped out of windows all the time. That's what I mean. A Jedi in the air is no big deal. He just surfs down into a Corvette and drives away. Buy some death sticks at the local bar or not up to the Jedi. Yeah. Are, are, we, are we moving on from there? Or where are we going? Do you want like a... I'll give you my thoughts on Jedi. If there's any parts you want to push in on and me to elaborate on, let me know. I'm going to round up and say it's a very cool opening scene for the Jedi episode. I mean, basically everything else I found to be massively not well fleshed out in terms of characters, very bad implications for stuff. I don't know if you disagree or agree, but Rosario Dawson is an amazing actress and Ahsoka has a lot of character and none of that came across in this episode. She had just some of the flattest. It honestly reminds me of prequel era reads. Like there's just some, some of the lines, the way that stuff is like her talking about, especially Tython at the end, sounds like she's like a weird robot that just gives out information and quests and that's a bummer the scene where they go and do the fight against the town is is just honestly nonsensical and sloppy from like editing character perspectives and other things and then the last fight though cool in theory and the sound effects were cool i found to be just like a toothless dumb fight that didn't have any actual reason in the episode for existing or for why ahsoka like was so not proficient at fighting all of a sudden for an episode and it had like a weird cut to the ending and then it's super weird in the end where he's like all right where's the baby yoda i'm gonna go get him he's in the ship and then he gets there and he's sitting there and then she doesn't wait for him and she comes and then it's like okay i'm not gonna watch him and leaves and that's the jedi any questions <laughs> no i i've been very clear uh at least like in broad strokes what you've thought like there's no surprises here does it really not do you not care if and I mean this like not sarcastically or like a douchey league, because I think that I think that like this might be the divide. When you watch things, are you like as long as you like squint and it's fine in the moment, like it's a roller coaster, you don't really like care about character motivations or why people do things or consistency of the world? I do. I think that what you're looking for and what I'm looking for are two different things, my guy. I know, I know, but I but I asked that specifically because I think that this the ending of the Jedi is a great example of like that scene is sloppy as hell anybody's perspective except for the mandalorian the way the things that unfold that they do and say make no sense for their outcomes like what their goal is all of the evil all of the evil lady wants to do because they don't really give you much about her like she she just like looks mean threatens to kill people and then Ahsoka gives you like a three sentence breakdown of her character, which made about as much sense and told you about as much as her character as like my ADD ass in history class when we were learning. And I would like write every like fifth thing down. And then at night when I was doing my homework, I would try and look back and make sense of like what I wrote down about a historical figure and be like, that doesn't tell me anything about this character at all. She just wanted to kill Ahsoka. That's like basically her whole objective for this whole like episode. And in the end... Sure, because Ahsoka was trying to kill her. 
Yeah, you didn't. You didn't get the sense that it was like a Robin. When she shows Hood. up, it already tells her that the that the Mandalorian that she like wanted to have or to, to have killed her didn't kill her, didn't work, and so all of her troops immediately pull their guns up as she's far away. And what does this lady do? Whose only objective is to kill Ahsoka. She has them lower their weapons so that the person that only fights in melee range can walk up super close. Weird mistake. Number one. Okay, that's dumb and makes no All sense. All of her men that she sent to go kill her with the lasers died. So she's like, I'm going to use my droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another weird thing where the like, Mandalorian's like, she's got like troops and two droids. There's no way you can take her on alone. And I'm thinking, but you solo way larger groups than that on the regular. So that's already a weird thing. But so she, she runs away to her little thing. And then when Ahsoka has killed everything else, which has its own weird things, they, they name drop the HK series of droids, which you're like, awesome, HK, like HK-47. Well, apparently in the HK-88 series, they put weird World War II pit helmets on them and they look absurd and they stand out like sort of them. Not the point there. That's just me being a, du- a dick. She's already, we've already established earlier in the episode that Ahsoka wants to know who her master is. So she also knows what Ahsoka wants from her. So in the final scene, when it's just her In her thing, she doesn't even say anything like, I'll fucking kill myself instead of telling you the information or like, if you want to get the information from me, you must first duel me. She doesn't do anything. And she doesn't even have any like weird bombs or anything to try and like kill her. She just like has a duel. Likewise, Ahsoka, who's there just to get information on where Grand Admiral Thrawn is, I get that she fought the droids. That makes sense. They were trying to kill her and they're there. That's fine. Cool. Sweet. She gets there. And then she's met with a person who has no force powers. I guess she has a stick that's lightsaber resistance, but no enhanced uh, reflexes. Well, we don't no, know. No, I mean, we watched the fight, so we know. They And they could have had time to do it. So then she just fights her in a very, like, honest, I, I don't think I'm crazy to say it's a very toothless fight. Sure, it looks beautiful. It's, like, well shot on a cool backdrop, but the moves and the choreography is very, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, this, this girl dueled Darth Maul. We've seen her do some pretty fun, cool stuff in this episode alone with her saber work, yet fighting, like, a, an aged woman with a stick. She, she goes easy. And then because at least on some level, Dave Filoni, who wrote and directed this episode, does understand loosely that there are such things as stakes. Have her lose one of her sabers to do that thing where you're like, oh no, is our hero, they're on their back foot, are they going to lose? Then she just like bests her. That that all just like happened to you and you guys were just like, this is totally cool, even though it doesn't make sense from any of the characters' perspectives. All of the actions and things that they are saying and doing don't track at all, but because it like looks cool, I'm cool with it. I want to be 100% honest with you. I knew it was going on the whole time. It wasn't distracting to me at all. And I had more questions about like what was not being explained to me in a positive way than I was about not being explained things that I needed to know. Was it also weird for you that it ends with her holding her at Saber Point and then she's like, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? And then it cuts no. to the next day and like just no, we don't know, like they don't even show what happened to this lady that wasn't dead a second ago. All we see is that weird guy get his like jacket and everyone like grab him and smile. I don't think we care. Like, I, I don't think, I don't even know if Ahsoka matters to this show I mean, she's in it and she has an objective and she has words. So she matters, at least for this episode. What I mean is like, I don't think that Ahsoka's overarching plot here that we're seeing is like part of the plot of what's happening in the Mandalorian right now. So I think they're just like, we ascribe importance to it because we're trying to find out what Ahsoka's up to because we know Ahsoka. But here, it doesn't impact, I don't think it impacts the action of the episode as much. I ascribe importance to everything. 
in a, in a video because this is a medium I've where. Noticed. But if you're going to shoot it and write it in the script, it should. This is not just a Davis making this up. This is like this is just writing script writing one on one. Like this is just how it works. Like if you're going to show something, you have to, you have to like it has to have importance. So when when they do and say stuff or they show stuff, anything in a fictional anything in a fictional universe, I could do this. Other weird little baffling little bits. I mean, we've already gone over how Michael Beans or how I perceive Michael Beans actions and lines to have no like logical course to follow. Do you remember the part where he meets Ahsoka in that like alley and she gets the drop on him? Yeah. She swings her lightsaber twice, knocks the gun out of his hand, but upon me baffling, continuously to rewind, though she hits something twice with her lightsaber, the gun is perfectly fine and he is perfectly fine. This is a lightsaber, mind you, that we saw cut a gun. I just in watched half. it the one and time. And then... The next shot, she quite easily completely dissects an HK droid. That didn't bother anybody either? I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I was thinking about the plot. Uh, yeah, didn't even. Okay, okay. That's, I mean, that's, then that's must fine. be a second watch thing. Didn't notice. More of the specifics, especially on second watch, but the entire first watch, I'm just like, wow. Nothing that they're doing makes any sense, and they don't go back and explain, be like, it's a good thing you did this, just like we planned on or whatever like it just doesn't or even like implied that it was like a plan like things just happen for no reason and i guess i don't know it's like fast and furious it's it, it looks cool so the, the world loves it also weird little dumb idiot things that bother me that i forgot about in the fucking what's the second the, the tragedy i should remember that name because it mirrors my feelings do you remember he hasn't put he, he he literally puts here's another one where you can just be like let's track this person's actions and see if there's any logic in it he puts his jetpack down. Remember the very jetpack that he used to fly them up to the fucking hinge in the first place. He puts it down because in their duel or him making peace talks with Boba Fett, he was like, drop your gun and your jetpack. And so then once the Empire shows up and Mando's first thought is, I need to get back up that massive hill to the baby to see if he's okay. He doesn't grab his jetpack and immediately fly up there. And and before you're even going to, there wasn't like there was a hail of gunfire. Like he didn't like reach for it, you know, and not get it. He just, this like smart killer who uses his jetpack all the time, literally didn't use his jetpack to run up the hill when it could have flown up there. Things like that, that you don't watch the TV and be like, that that is essentially the same as if somebody was like, oh my God, your husband got in a car accident. He's in the hospital come right now and you're like i will be right there no time to grab my keys and get in my car i have to on foot run to the hospital like that those, i'm gonna those tell you i'm gonna tell you exactly what my what my thought process was my thought process was uh, doesn't he have a jetpack oh no he took it off and i that's oh, and, literally and they where showed I, you him putting it down because i mean i feel bad because what i was gonna say is because dumb dumbs will be like well he doesn't have his jetpack and i don't want to call you a dumb dumb so that, i'm not gonna say that that i'm gonna rescind that i just feel like we're missing the forest for the trees. My problem is that even if I go on a macro sense, everything people say, everything people do, the circumstances that they're in, to me, are so unmotivated and so poorly thought through. I'm like trying. I can't believe that I'm like even wishing for the good old days of the beginning of this fucking season, where like the amount of character growth that they gave Cobb Vant that I was like angry about them not dumbing down I, I like i wish that we had that now i wish there was even that much for these fucking characters now i, I like it, I, I feel like i'm being gaslit by the show and people's reactions to it but i don't think that i don't think that having like standards or just simply being like 
Why do people do the things that they do when they're on screen? Why are they saying the things that they're saying when they're on screen? Why are the things that are happening on screen happening? I don't think that's missing the forest from the trees. That's the fucking forest. And the forest is also made up of trees, which it also is. That's the point. If you have a forest made out of crap, is it a forest? Or is it just a, is it just a bunch of shit? I like, I, you're like, why can Batman jump off the building? Like, isn't he going to break his ankle? Like, I, it's the same thing to me. It's like, not what, the same thing. Do you know why it's not the same thing? Because of a little thing called internal logic. Consistency. It's, it's not Be, real. No, because it's, it's been established. It's a story about space. There's not even sound in space. And music definitely doesn't play. That's great. Do you, do you know why it doesn't matter? Here's, here's why it's called internal like logic, not external. It's do the universe's rules set up in its universes? Does it does it track with its own rules? No, not, not with no. not with the rules. There's sound in this space. That's just how it is. So there being sound in space is fine because at least in this, in the Batman comics, even though he's a human, he just can do things that would just give you arthritis at a young age, if not straight up kill you. And that's fine because in that in that universe, it tracks. My problem with even going back, all the way back to like uh, the hyper, the Holdo maneuver isn't that somebody just did a thing through hyperspace and it doesn't make sense at all. Like it doesn't make sense because they've already established the rules for how hyperspace works and for the level of threats and destruction that a thing can have. And so by adding it into the universe, it invalidates itself, not because it doesn't make sense for the real world. So if you have any arguments being like, well, in real life, you can't do that. That's not what I'm ever arguing about consistency and internal logic. It has to uphold its own standards. That's what it's all about. I'm saying that I don't understand that un, that that understanding of the situation. That's I not don't understand. the understanding. That's just how that's how storytelling is supposed to be done. I think you just like realized all of a sudden that like things are like sometimes fudged. I I, I don't know, like not not all of a sudden. I ha I always I always even back to the original trilogy we talk about the things that don't make sense. This is a thing that I know I, you just you there's nothing better for me to like glom onto besides okay, cool, there's a cool lightsaber. I, I am like there's like a little kid in me that likes the action, but I do also there needs to be more at some point. There has to be some substance to it. I wanna sit down with like I wanna like somehow start a documentary where the point of the documentary is to get Dave Filoni and John Favreau at a table with me. To just talk to them about how they see continuity in the Star Wars universe, and and I want to just hear them say the words of like it's a t it's just a it's a background for many stories to be told, and the things that are important are the ideas and themes, and the little things are the things that we fudge all the time to make the thing work. And it, I mean, it it happens. It, that's fine. I hate to keep going back to Batman, but it's easy for me because I read literally. 10 issues of Batman per day. It's it's like, you know, where's Superman? You know, like, I don't think that's a shortcoming of comics. I don't think the only good Batman comic that answers, like, is the one that answers the question of why can't Superman just come fix this? Because you just sort of do the mental gymnastics yourself of like, Superman's not here because this that's is- That's not Batman. what I'm arguing. And I feel like you bring up the comics example- a lot, especially this season. And I feel like we've gone over it. I, yeah. In comics, there's multiple universes. And I guess it's okay because it's in been established. In reality, in, in, in entertainment, there's multiple universes. You can't write- But in Star Wars, there, but in Star Wars, there isn't. Because they said there isn't. And I'm, I'm like, this is a hill that I'm not, I don't even have to die on it. I'm just going to point to the hill because the people that are making this are the ones that established it. 
I'm not, I don't want to be on that hill. I'm just, I'm just, you're going to be on the hill. You can't, you can't stay on, you have to get off the hill only by hyperspace tracking. It's the if only I, way If off. I had to like break our, our, this argument that we've been having for a long time down to a simple thing, I'm being like, there's only one universe by their own admission. And this doesn't make sense in the universe. And you're like, but in comics, they have multiple universes. And me being like, you're right. But we're not in comics. We're in Star Wars, where the people that own Star Wars said it's one universe. Listen to me. The comic books lay out the rules of their universes right in front of you, and then they shit in your eye anyway. There are stories going on while Alfred is dead in the same universe that Alfred is alive, and you just have to and you just have to accept it because that's not the point of the story. Like everybody who was working on the story, every single person who was making it, every single person who's watching it almost, except for you, obviously, and a few other people, like they're not thinking about like, well, this guy's invincible. He's always like, there's so many things like that in everything, like a lightsaber alone. You're saying, I think the key word there is you saying that you have to like accept it is a, is a good indicator. Like you have to accept it because they're, they shit out a bunch of these books every month for years. Why and don't years they and just years. strap a lightsaber to the front of every spaceship? It has infinite battery and you can just cut spaceships with it. Why don't they, if I had it, I would do it. That doesn't make any sense. That is a terrible argument. You, what do you mean? Like a lightsaber, you just shoot the person. How are you going to deflect a lightsaber? Like you're going to, with a pipe, with a, and an X-wing turn perfectly, unless you're like a Jedi, I guess. I'm just saying it's, it's, but it's a bad point. It doesn't make any sense. Strapping a lightsaber to your thing doesn't actually mean anything. We're just taking a million made up things and comparing them to each other and trying to say that it's real when none of it's I'm not saying that it's real. I'm saying that it it has to match what it says is real about this world. I understand what you're saying. And I'm saying there is no consistency within the world because the thing that you're saying exists, which is internal consistency in the Star Wars universe, doesn't fucking exist. And you're living a fucking lie if you think that somewhere somebody even checks for this shit on a level even close to what you're thinking about. The script supervisor. I mean, they do on they do on some level, in some ways, in with things that are particularly important. But if I literally took an expert and like went through any Star Wars thing, I could find a million things like this. It's just it's just exhausting. And those right, and those are things that you can critique it for. It must be like living in a prison. That that's where your head is at when you're trying to enjoy a story about space warriors shooting at each other. Like I just. It's not like my only thing in all of Star Wars, in all of things, is internal consistency. And so when it's broken, I also think that the fucking writing is, this whole show is homages and references and no substance. So then other things that have little bits of internal consistencies or plot holes, like if the thing is like great, we talk about like BT and Zero, Triple Zero is a good example. Like they don't really exist, but like you're reading the comic and it's like compelling enough that like, you enjoy it. But that doesn't mean that I don't have those problems with it. But this show has those internal consistency problems and it's a bad show. So I can't like it. So it's not, I don't want to like, you get buried in this. I don't like it on multiple levels. But one thing that that hurts my brain is that internal logic is a like bedrock foundation of, of how you tell stories of, of fiction and acting as though it completely doesn't matter because comics shit on it 
It's like it's an insane weird it's thing not that I don't comics. think it's I don't everything. think that you really like, mean that. And it's the, and internal logic is is how like a weird fairy dragon doesn't fly in here and like cut off Darth Vader's head and fly off and go whoo yabba dabba do like that. It's those kind of things that keep the world somehow grounded in something. And that's where you again build stakes. That's where you get these emotional responses because you need something. The greater the challenge that the hero has to overcome, the better it feels. And you can't have that if you can do whatever the fuck you want at any fucking time. I, you can't. You can't just do whatever you want at any fucking time. That's not like you, the but opposite you ba- of but you having one mistake. Can. Death. It's you not can just the come opposite back from of having death. one internal mistake. You can because it's a fucking fantasy story. It's nothing to do with internal logic. The idea of this like giant ball that took all of these resources that held the entire galaxy hostage like was so horrible horrible because of its like unique destructive capability and then you're like actually just fly a fucking ship through a hyperspace does even more damage like that yeah that that makes it that makes it weaker i just don't understand why the one thing in, uh, affects the other thing in reality right they're not actually connected in reality the universe that we keep visiting isn't real the, I, i'm just saying like it's not like there's a list and you can prove by math that something has high stakes or not by how much sense it makes logically that's just the opposite like Hyperbole is the foundation of storytelling. I would, I, I would, I would say, in in contradiction to what you're saying, I would say hyperbole is the foundation of storytelling. And I think that making things, t- telling stories that are more interesting than something that's grounded in the rules of reality, is I think almost the point of like. I think that's what the word fantasy means. And it, and if it was more interesting, I would agree with you. But it, this is not interesting. These are all other movies that John Favreau and Dave Filoni watched and took the basic structure of and put it there without. Like giving the characters the depth or like the the earned choices to have any of the things they say or do matter. It's not interesting. It's Seven Samurai and it's the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like it's all of these things, but it's none of them because those things actually like went the mile to make themselves as good. So it's not like it doesn't matter if the consistency isn't there because there's more interesting stuff. There's neither it's, of it's, anything. It's decades and decades of culture and style that are constantly riffing on each other. It's not a ripoff. It's, I mean, look at the Magnificent Seven. That is Seven Samurai. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's postmodern art. I, I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to find uh, uh, a common ground at the end of this conversation. It's fine. I think that because I keep harping on it over so long that you don't hear it, but I'm like, I need to leave, the mess I need to leave is like, I, I, I'm baffled at the lack of care for internal consistency because it's it's not just a me thing. This is not a Davisism. This is like, a, this is again, a bedrock of fiction, right? I, 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 of storytelling. I'm not saying it's a Davisism. I'm not saying it's a Davisism. I think it's a stretch to say it's a backbone of storytelling, but I think that you're very, you're very, very allowed to have your opinion. I'm not trying to stamp out your opinion. I'm merely discussing another way of looking at things to explain to you why I feel the way that I feel about the story. And I feel that what I'm saying relates more to the the things that were there than the things that weren't. And I think that in my mind, that's that's the thing that I'm if there is if there is a sticking point here that makes me keep wanting to to talk about this more and more and more, it's that I I, I feel like we spend so much time talking about things that aren't there rather than focusing on what is there because we can't even get over we can't even pass the gate of like does is this real is this is this something that that should exist you know and and I, I think that's the challenge for me but you know I'm excited to see Mayfeld next week yeah I mean he did a good he was one of the better actors in his episode and he was cool so so yeah, let's do it we'll, we'll we'll do it yeah I can't wait to see Mayfeld Jesse are you still awake I'm right here listening 
take us away. I'm just kind of like, I'm vibing on, <laughs> I mean, all right, look, if you have comments on uh, either Team Davis or Team Alex. I don't want to make it about, te- like, that's not, that's not a good way of doing it because like, there, because everything lies in the middle ground. And also, again, as I've said, there are many right, things that don't line up perfectly with Star Wars, but because things are so good, you're, I'm willing to overlook it you know, because it's creative. So I understand what you're saying. I think that just where we draw our lines in the sand over the quality. I would be interested in a recommendation of something that you think is free of this problem. In the Star Wars universe or just in general? I would love like the most internally consistent fantasy story. Oh, you know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, that's, that, I'm definitely not like trying to deface you right now. I just want, I'm, I'm genuinely interested. I want, I really want to like, is yeah, the, the, you don't even the, say the it metric now is just something like, that is completely internally consistent. Okay, I I I don't know off on the spot. Yeah, whatever anger this show is creating in you, I want the opposite show. I want I want a recommendation of something opposite. That's just for me. That's not something. Oh, that, the opposite show. Okay, but the opposite of the show, and I and it, I keep getting worried because you say you understand me, but you keep saying things that tell me that you don't understand me. It's not just internal consistency. I mean, I make it about that because they do things that are insane. They don't make I'm, any I'm sense specifically talking before. about internal consistency. But I mean, like, right I don't now. know, like, like, I don't know. Go watch for like fucking dread. I think that nothing that happens in that movie is like outside of its own rules that it established. And it's a great fucking movie. Like there's good character work. And, and why I actually, why I think about dread a lot is because they similarly, like the Mandalorian and dread are similar, except for that dread at least has his mouth. <laughs> and the way that like do you know what I'm saying no I am a hundred percent with you like even like just how, the fact that he looks pissed off and that he smells something the whole time yeah, you're like yeah. I'm with this guy there's just like two like two different ways that you can go about telling a similar story and stuff and I think that that does it better and it follows all of its what about like Lord of the Rings like uh Lord of the Rings that's a, that's a tougher one Let's talk about like the books, Lord of the Rings, not the movie. Like the movies, I think muddle. Actually, a good example of like things that I like that I don't know if they follow internal consistency because it it has to do more with like, what are the terms? Like hard versus soft world building. I can't remember the exact term, but I think, I think that I like, like Miyazaki, a lot of like cool Japanese anime films in fantastical worlds are like, uh, kind of like, I think great examples. Like, I don't know, like Princess Mononoke, where it's hard to tell exactly like, you know, the ba- like science kind of works. Oops. Goes out the window a little bit. Yeah. They use gunpowder. Like there's science-ish and industri- industrial-based humans in a in a world with like fairies and other stuff. But in Giant that case, pigs, yeah. the, the like theming, the themes of the movie are so strong. The characters, what they represent, how each of them sort of represents. This is just my interpretation. I could be way dead wrong on it. But like- Everybody in Princess Mononoke or in all these other films represents like an aspect of the human condition and all of them are even the bad people are like understandable. Like what that is trying to do, what those kind of movies try to do while telling a story is like totally different. And Lord knows if any of the logic makes any sense there, but at least like story wise and stuff, it follows and the themes are cool. So yeah, you're, you're saying it doesn't fly in the face of itself. It doesn't say one thing and then do the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 trying to get into the wheelhouse of it. There, I want to like. There's a lot of uh, RoboCop. <laughs> I, I'm like literally just thinking of like movies I love that are like both like stylish action stuff. I'll watch Dread for free. I'll watch RoboCop for free. I have it in 3D. As soon as we get these uh, vaccines, let's go. You have RoboCop in 3D? No, Dread in 3D. Oh. Okay. Um. 
So I'm so like, I'm just miss hanging with you guys so much. Every episode's also going to be like, hey, I have this on 3D Blu-ray. You want to come watch it? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of, I don't know. A lot of action movies just kind of like do it. In fairness, a lot of them just to head off discussions like Dread is a movie, not a TV show or like, you know, it's the first in a movie, not the ninth movie in a whatever spinoff. And I definitely agree that the bigger the world and more stuff, the harder it is to keep everything in line. But, you know, that's like in the in the case of, yeah, like the the science, I guess. I mean, a good example, like recently of things doing it right versus wrong. I absolutely love Infinity War and I absolutely loathe Endgame. And I think that like Infinity War is a celebration of like every character's choices. I'm sure people can nitpick in that one too. I haven't like done the deep dive on it the same way as I have Endgame because there's so many to me glaring weirdnesses. Endgame is just not a movie. Every character has a moment that completely speaks to their arcs throughout their own separate movies from the past 20 movies. And I, and I truly think that it's like a beautiful mass. I know that it's like popcorn flick and a lot of people are like, you know, you need to have like art house movies. I think it's like a genius movie and I think it's like incredibly well written and is a great example of how you pay like complete beautiful respect to uh, like a longstanding franchise with a bunch of zany characters and other stuff. So I do like things. I like Star Wars. I love Squadrons. I believe you. I believe you. I love the Ahsoka book that we recorded an episode for and because of I didn't understand how files work is lost forever. You didn't, you didn't hear it, but I liked it. That's the thing with Ahsoka that I liked, guys. It was good. I know that I'm harsh on Ahsoka, but I, I liked the book. The book was good. It like did a good job of being like, this is what this story is going to be about. I mean, we did talk about how it, like, it was written before the Clone Wars season six, and there are obviously inconsistent. It just didn't make sense with that. And that's it like is it like is that it's uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So and I love the, the you know, the Jedi one and with the Qui-Gon. So I do love yeah. I do like stuff. <laughs> Let's all go to bed, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to hear the way you describe the things you dislike and how I have I assume chosen to overlook them. And I don't know why. I don't know if a switch flipped in my head. But just listening to you talk and and Alex try to defend it when you say the things that upset you. There's a lot of it. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's really stupid. But uh, uh, at the same time, I walked away from both of these episodes like, damn, those were great. And to see the complete opposite side is fascinating to me. It is completely different perspective that I simply do not have. I was like, oh, I, I love those. Those are great. I even tweeted, which I thought was funny. I tweeted how much I enjoy these episodes compared to the first two. And that's why when you messaged me, it happened like within minutes after the tweet. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You, you <laughs> hated show? it? I like literally couldn't believe. I was like, wait, the things that I was just like, man, they are firing all cylinders. I'm so excited. You were like garbage. I was like, wait, what? The weird thing is I'm like, y'all love this episode, but you all routinely rate Attack of the Clones as the worst movie. Because I think that like, if you love these episodes, you the best Star Wars movie for you is called Attack of the Clones because it has all of the bullshit. I often say how close it was It's to being the best. <laughs> it was so close. You presented a very good argument uh, to me. It's so close. I actually know, and I think we maybe already talked about it. I had a turning point because if you listen, it's really fascinating to go back and as I sometimes do to our early episodes, Alex and I have completely switched. I was like, no, Disney has a plan. Even if it's not that great it all works in service like i was willing to look past a lot of things oh and i you do were, not believe that disney has a plan. and you were like 
this is not good stuff. This is not good. This is not well written. You're like, this is not good prose. And then the last shot I came out and it became abundantly clear to me that I'm like, oh no, they actually, there's no plan. They don't know what to, they don't know anything. Last Jedi and is then, very good. Because I think it's also not weird to be like, the things that you d- dislike, you criticize a lot and analyze a lot more harshly and thoroughly necessarily than the things that you love. When I have like, when I eat like a Reuben sandwich, I'm going to lose some people, but this is, I own that I have some weird food tastes. I like, I like a Big Mac. Why do I like about a Big Mac? So far you're like, watch Dread, eat a Reuben. I'm with you. I'm, I don't like Reuben's. I'm saying like, I like Big Macs. Why do I like Big Macs? I don't know. It tastes good. I hate Reuben's. Why? Because rye bread's disgusting. Like sauerkraut, I feel like only has certain uh, applications where it tastes good to me. Like, you see how my point is like the things when I dislike things, there's way like it's way there's way more to critique. So when you like stuff, you're like, whatever. Like, I get it how you're like, you probably there's stuff that you don't like about these episodes, but like on the whole, you like it. So you're like, whatever, it works. And I think that it's natural for when you don't like stuff to be more critical. I feel like that's just how it, it like, you know, when you when you're angered by something. Yeah. I mean, that's how like Yelp works, I think, basically. <laughs> when you like yeah. something, you're not like, oh, my God, the f- the garlic fries were amazing. The only was spot on. But if you ever fucked over somebody, they will tell you every part of every aspect of your order that is the worst and is wrong. Even if they just like spilled their own drink on themselves, they'll tell you what you did wrong. I, I, I will promise you listeners this. I trust Davis is somebody that I know, and I believe that he extends me the same trust, which is that at any point, any of either of us could write a detailed essay, a well thought out essay of how, wh- how we feel and that these aren't just anger feelings that are coming from a very surface level place. You know what I mean? We're here and we're sitting here and we're yelling about it for a long time. And I promise you that the only reason that we are is because we have both thought about this a lot. Right. It's because we both care about stuff. You and I yell about a lot of stuff, but I, like, I love, I don't know. I, I, I'm a big proponent of, I mean, the, a big part of the world is echo chambers. I, I love finding people that I disagree with because the only like find people that will high five your opinion doesn't tell you if your opinion is any good. I, I, I love the like forging aspect of conflict. And even though it's like the least important type of arguing, I love nerd arguing. Like there's something about that. It's like a cherished pastime, past time almost that I like. So I, I love the arguing, but I, I will like, I listen to these episodes to hear myself. I get it. I, I yell a lot. I, I'm I'm working on it. I like I literally, you know, I see a therapist and I was like, I I, <laughs> I get like How much do you talk about Star Wars in therapy? Like if you you don't have to say, but I I talk about it a fair amount. Well, I'm like I've I've been doing therapy for like, you know, a couple years now. And so when you've been doing therapy on the regular, every session isn't like a movie breakthrough where you're like, Oh, you're right. Somebody touched me when I was a kid. A lot of times right. you just are paying for the hour. And it's just nice to talk about I talk about like you know, recipes and I talk about home comics improvement. Lot, yeah. yeah. Like I talk about stuff like that. I talk about it a lot and I think that I, I care about it and I've made it part of my identity and that's probably a problem. Like I, I grew up, Star Wars is like so important to me and I try to keep an open mind, but I definitely know that I have that like, because everyone does, but I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a bit gatekeepery in a lot of ways about it. And that's, and that I like fandoms have that and I don't like to be, I try to keep things open, but I'm not, I'd be lying if I was telling you that I'm completely subject or objective about everything. So I'm, I, I am working on it. I like got a little heated, but I, I, I do, I'm like finding kind of peace with it. And the show is still written by the same people. So like it is, I don't need to get angry. Like 
I'm working. I'm going to work on a, be- a better way to have constructive criticism for both my sake, for the listeners' sakes, who probably like turn their radios down a little bit during the shouting, and um, and it probably you know will you know make my points come across better if I'm not shouting all the time. So just trying to get zen, I guess, about Star Wars. I'm trying to be like that little <sighs> nice Japanese tea garden amidst the completely destroyed rest of the world that is 2020. To tie it back, you just want to walk out into the mist with Ahsoka. But instead of us like fighting, like us, you know, I don't know, finding common ground. Yeah, let's just eat a bunch of bugs with Grogu. Talking about Grogu being like, it's weird that he's like a dog, but also a person. What has he been doing for these 20 years? That's what they say about Goofy, too. That's that's true. And it's also it's also (laughs) similar because there is a Yoder and he talks. Yeah. But this little Yoder don't talk. Yeah. But he thinks Yoder Pluto. But he act like he don't think talk. Pluto and Goofy. Canon. The eating of the eggs is still horrifying. I don't. I don't want. I can't. I won't. I, <laughs> we're writing. I'm so. I'm sorry for everybody who is offended by the eggs. Yeah, it's just then that they released a, like a bunch of uh, merch about it. I think it just shows you like what happens when they like start to feel like indestructible. Capitalism is bad. Capitalism is no, bad. No, it, it is bad, and it's a, a lot of what I think is wrong with Star Wars. But but in this case, it's like don't count your frog lady eggs before they hatch because boy you guys went all in on that and people that's real people were like this is not bangarang to quote hook i think they said that somewhere in hook hook is where bangarang comes from uh rufio says it when he's sliding down a ro- like a rope they all say it. jesse jesse get us the fuck out of this podcast do you ever think that like we just keep talking because it painful to be alone oh during COVID. oh i, I <laughs> you mean why am i on four podcasts <laughs> we definitely do that <laughs> i mean right now do you ever think we just keep coming with reasons to keep talking because it's like then i gotta be alone I don't know. For a people while. like it and it's great is like if we give them a half hour episode <laughs> and they badger us when we give them a two oh god a two and a half hour episode also we used to do mild, like this is like cool well there you go here's something parse it out listen to it in in volumes we'll break it up into acts yeah <laughs> Uh, and the person who said who points out that this is longer than the episodes can eat my balls. Oh, that's there. Uh, there's <laughs> eat his fish balls. Because obviously we didn't just talk about the episode the whole fucking time, you asshole. Here's here's the thing that I I think you we all can agree on. There's a lot of like bad <laughs> arguments against criticism, and one of them is like, oh my god, one of one of the worst is that you spent more time talking about it than the thing is. That literally means. Nothing, and you're an idiot if you believe that, and here's why. It's like a compliment to the work, honestly. Uh, like a person makes a quick look, and that takes half a second. But that look signifies a thousand things, and it literally takes more than a second to describe, without even analyzing, just describing it, it takes more than the time it takes. So this weird thing that people often do where they try to equate like the time that you spent talking about it to how long it was, it doesn't mean anything. Also, I have families that love it's anti, sports. It's anti-intellectual. Have you ever watched football? There's like nine yeah. hours of dudes not dissimilar to us, except for they're wearing suits um, and they're sweating. Well, It's like Terry Bradshaw no, all, and stuff. Yeah. They, they talk about it. There's nothing new to talk about. It's just, They're, they're going to play the game and they still talk about it nine hours per every like five minute of actual footyball. So if that's your argument, get the hell out of here. I don't want to hear it. But if you also are a fan and listen, keep listening. I don't, I don't know. All right. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Thank you so much for listening. Davis, take us home to Graceland. Remember, kids, keep your friends close. And for the love of fuck, if you're going to reference the HK droids, don't don't give them silly World War II helmets. Why? What was the point? Who is that for? Don't do that, please. He's going to take you back to the past. (laughs) 
<laughs> to play the Mandalorian episodes that suck ass. <laughs>